Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9. I'm Ryan Lavoy, joined by Cam Berry and Brent Daughtry this afternoon. A rainy and wet afternoon here in the state of Alabama and in the Auburn Opelika area. Hope everyone was safe with the storms earlier today. Had a few warnings, tornado warnings to dodge and uh, and lots of activity here. And so hope everyone is well out there. A lot for you today here on this Tuesday afternoon. Going to re- uh, recap last night's North Carolina-Kansas National Championship game, a 72-69 victory for the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll also... Boo. Take your phone calls. That is not me booing, contrary to, to what <laughs> some might think. Um, but uh, so we'll we'll talk about that game. We'll also take all of your phone calls, of course, on the Auburn Bank phone line throughout the show. Also going to do a ticket giveaway in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll be giving away tickets to Auburn and Vanderbilt, so don't want to miss That's that. The Friday night game of that series, three-game series between Auburn baseball and Vandy. Speaking of Auburn baseball, they have a game this evening in Birmingham. It was not as wet up there as it is down here. And so Auburn and UAB set to take place in Birmingham in a few hours. And uh, a lot to talk about today, including Auburn basketball saying goodbye to one of the most talented players to ever play at Auburn. Jabari Smith announced today that he will enter his name into the NBA draft. That is absolutely no surprise. So we'll talk about that, how the roster is shaping up and that sort of thing. So a lot to get to today. Again, Ryan, Brant, and Cam. Guys, how are we doing? Me first? All right. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> Just, you know, it, like I said, it's a rainy day, slow day. Kind of, a, well, it, it started out quiet, and then it got a little bit intense there for a second when uh, we uh, kind of had to huddle in, huddle in for a sec. But pretty pretty good overall day. We survived, as as you can hear. Um, so, yeah, been been a smooth day. Yeah, it was, uh, like Cam said, around 11.30 or so. It got pretty hairy around here, but, you know, not a bad day at all. We're, you know, we're still hanging around. Yeah, Jabari Smith leaving, that doesn't surprise anybody. Sad. Uh, Was absolutely expected at the beginning of this season. We all said, hey, Jabari's a one and done, and we knew that. And uh, the video they uploaded, uh, or that that Auburn basketball uploaded on behalf of Jabari was uh, absolutely heart-wrenching and it was it was a I really shed a tear. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I, I mean, <laughs> I like they Jabari. really, yeah, they really did a, a great job with that. And so now Auburn is losing its its two front court All Americans. You've already replaced one of those slots with Yoan Treo, Treo and uh, hopeful. And Bruce Pearl's already been in contact with other with other big guys. Yeah. So Auburn will replace that. Uh, will replace those positions. Tough to say that they're going to replace two Them. guys that talented, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, n- n- this shouldn't be a surprise to any Auburn fan, but you know we kept saying, "Hey, enjoy these two, enjoy Jabari while he's here." And now we've lost uh, Walker Kessler as well. So, 
the the front court will be new for Auburn this upcoming season and very excited to see what Auburn basketball does and like you said Ryan we've got some tickets to give away that we're very excited about so uh, looking forward to a great show today. The weather kind of fits the mood now, you know, losing, losing, <laughs> losing Jabari. They, they kind of already knew it, like foretold that on Tuesday we were going to lose the best player that has ever walked through Auburn and worn an Auburn jersey. Yeah. Uh, now, certainly when you sign someone like Jabari Smith, as, as Brandon alluded to, uh, even dating back before we saw him play, we figured that uh, if things went well this season, that this would be his only year. Uh, and, of course, he lived up to every expectation that we had for him. And uh, you lose you – know, this year Auburn had one of, if not the best, front courts in the entire country between Smith and Kessler. And, of course, both those guys um, will, will depart the program now and head towards the NBA draft. The draft is usually at the end of June or so. Uh, and so we'll have a string of guys throughout the month of April that declare for the draft, but then some will come back maybe in May or June once they start getting draft grades, maybe goes to the NBA Combine, that sort of thing. Um, and so already starting to see a lot of people, though, announce. And we do not expect uh, – obviously, Jabari will stay in the draft, but we don't expect Walker to come back at this point. Yeah. He said he was yeah. signing an agent. Man. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a part of it when you when you get to this level of program that Auburn has become, that uh, you will have guys that will be a part of your program for a number of years, but you also have those guys that make an instant impact, and that's their only impact because they will be good enough to go pro. We saw that with Isaac Okoro a few years ago. Uh, obviously, Sharif Cooper even to a, a lesser extent because of just playing half the season. But, you know, this is something that, that Coach Pearl has been able to, to get going here yeah. for this Auburn program. For sure. I, I think that, um, you know, it's it's kind of weird because this year's, this year's team was supposed to have Sharif Cooper and JT Thor <sighs> – and then you can get Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, and you know you can't you can't help but think, man, what what a team that could have been. And it's really interesting because there are a lot of guys that were supposed to be two year guys that Bruce Pearl has turned into one and dones. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expected that Sharif was going to be a one and done guy, just yeah. based off his pure skill. I think. I think the Hawks drafting him so late in the second round was essentially a steal. For sure. Because he was first-round talent. I mean, he's and averaging about 25 points I a mean, game in the G League right crazy. now. crazy. And I thought, you know, I mean, a lot of people, I felt like early drafts, you know, draft um, projections and stuff, he was projected to be a top 15 pick. Yeah. And then obviously not getting the playing time and missing those games early um, definitely impacted that. But, I mean, you could see that – the switch flipped. I mean, you know, some things didn't work out with that team losing Justin Powell for pretty much the re- remainder of the season. Yeah. They never even got to play together. So you never know what that could have, you know, how that could have worked out, different things like that. But, yeah, I mean, the the talent that, you know, just Sharif alone had um, and Bruce Pearl's been building towards and adding on, just it's through the roof. Yeah, we've got a, a full bank of phone calls already at 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, tiger 9 So we're going to go ahead and go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the f- first time today. Matt from Tallahassee. Matt joins us. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing all right. How are you? Fine. Hey, Cam, what's up? What's up, man? So you guys don't have Tom, do you? No Tom today. He's uh, he's fired today. <laughs> yeah, he has $100. Hundred dollars, okay. I see two fifty instead. Oh wow, we're going up. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Inflation. Yeah. Uh, so, um, 
So is you, so is you, Cam. And Brant. Right. What's up, Matt? What's up, Brant? Not a lot, man. Hey, Brant, you're not fired. I appreciate that. You you guys are not fired. That's good to hear. Appreciate that. I like this job, but we're going to keep it a while. I do like this. Hey, but JJ owes us money, though. (laughs) What does JJ owe us now? Because he's not there today. I said, I know, but uh, what does he owe us? How much? He owes us $300. $300? Oh, more than Tom. Okay. I'll let him know. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to talk about, like, uh, like I said, Brent, um, I was going to do some trivia, but I want to talk a little football first. I'm looking at my computer, and what do you guys think about the uh, four-star Georgia tight end coming, probably coming to Auburn? I have not seen that. Where are you seeing that, Matt? What's his name? Uh, doesn't say, um... I'm looking on Auburn Undercover, and his name is Jay Jelani. 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 Yeah. Yep. Jelani Thurman. Yeah. He visited Auburn on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Auburn. Auburn is getting a, a ton of guys in right now. There are a lot of visitors that have come on campus, and. A lot of them are four and five star guys, so I, I don't know if Auburn, Auburn's not going to get every single one of them, but they are definitely pushing hard for this twenty three class. So, do you think though either you think Auburn probably gets a four star offensive tackle from Texas, and the offensive line Vincent Lane? Uh, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I really don't start paying attention to recruits until until they have Auburn in their top two or three. You know. Um, so I, I have not heard anything about these guys. Uh, and you said you're on Auburn undercover. Those guys, they cover recruiting really well. And so I'm going to defer to guys like uh, Keith Niebuhr and Jeffrey Lee and, uh, and and those beat writers on that. But, yeah, if, if Auburn gets them on campus, then they definitely want them. And Auburn is a program that has a shot at guys like that. Yeah, and Matt, still several months before a lot of these guys end up committing. Usually yeah. they'll take visits all throughout the summer and even the fall. So still still a lot of months for some of these guys before they commit. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think about the running back to Auburn Harper Jackson? Sean? Um, his, his name's Jack, Jackson. I can't think are, are you of Sean Jackson? just got put on scholarship? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a running back. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a former walk-on. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sean, Sean Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, that's he. He's a uh, he's a really big back, and he walked on at Auburn. He had offers to go to some smaller he's schools, bug. and he is a he is a big boy. And obviously, anytime a walk-on earns a scholarship like that, it's a it's an awesome deal. And that video that Auburn posted is very very cool. So uh, hopefully, Sean can can carve out a role. I think in short yardage situations, a big back like that uh, has a role on this team. But uh, we'll see. So you think that would probably help with um, Hunter out with um, him and Tank Bigsby at running back? And you think – I know it's a long way off, but you think that would help us win some games? And how long would Hunter be out? Jack West Hunter, he'll, he'll be back by summer ball. So yeah, he, he will not he will not miss any games. Yeah, nothing um, significant. Yeah. It was just a cleanup procedure on his knee that he had just to you know make sure that he's operating at at his highest level. So what do you guys think about the quarterback? I, I was seeing the pictures of the quarterbacks, uh, like Finley and um, the um, the Oregon the kid. Quarter- yeah, and then yeah. Uh, other freshmen. 
Yeah, uh, so the the read on my thing is that TJ Finley is still the leader in the clubhouse. Um, if, if Auburn were to play a game tomorrow, I think he'd be the starter. Uh, Robbie Ashford is doing some good things. Uh, he has impressed a lot of people with his arm and his ability to throw the ball. And um, I, I have no idea. I, I'm not at practice every day, so those coaches, uh, those coaches know a lot more than I do, and uh, those beat writers know a lot more than I do as well because they're actually out at those practices and watching. And um, I, Calzada is still hurt, so he's still not 100. percent He's throwing, but. Uh, he's very limited in his actual eleven on eleven stuff, yeah. and holding Gurner, yeah. I think, throws the best ball just from from what I've seen. Gurner's see video, yeah. Well, oh my yeah, his, gosh. Well, well, hey Cam, the yeah. question uh, the question for you, man. Um, you know, I was just uh, I told Brent I want to do some. Um, I was told Brent I want to do some trivia, movie, and and some baseball. But the question I want to ask you about the quarter that we got from Oregon. Yeah, Robbie Ashford. Yeah, who do you think had a better arm, him or Bo Nix? If they were going to play, say Auburn's going to play against Oregon. Well, if I had to really think about it, I mean, you know, just based off what I've seen, I don't really know much about Robbie. Haven't really seen how he performs or anything like that. So I'd probably more be more inclined to say Bo. If if Bo was still on campus, he would be the clear cut starter for sure, definitely. Um, I do think, like with the quarterback competition, that. Calzada, once he gets healthy, I think he's going to be able to make a, a late yeah. push in um, to really, really like amp up the competition. So I think um, we'll probably see one more guy uh, transfer out, I think, honestly, before the season starts. And, I do too. And we'll have three in the room. So, what, so, Cam, what do you think? Well, like I said, I was going to do some trivia, but I'm not going to be on very long uh, because I want to do some trivia and do the cheer. But I was collecting for all three of you guys, and I want you guys to answer, and you give me a different answer. If I, if Georgia plays Oregon in the first game. Yes. And so <clears throat> what do you guys think about that? And how do you think Bo Nix is going to play against Georgia's defensive line? And where are they playing at? Uh, I believe that game is in Athens. I will double-check that. Uh, it might also be a kickoff game. Right now, uh, Bo Nix, uh, the bigger question is if he plays in that game because he is currently not the first-team quarterback in practice right now. He's taking second-team reps. But I, I, I will say it is it is spring ball. Don't read too deeply into that. He was behind Joey Gatewood after his first spring at Auburn. So. Yeah, Oregon versus Georgia is the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Okay, okay, so it is in, it is in Atlanta. Uh, that's still Georgia South. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so if Bo's – Bo's named the starter for that game, then uh, obviously it's going to be a big challenge no matter who you suit up for when you play Georgia defense like that. And obviously they will lose several players off that defense, but I think Georgia and Kirby Smart have earned the reputation to to <laughs> assume they're going to have a great defense no matter who they have to replace. Well, hey, I saw, I don't know if you guys saw this, I, I saw that Joey Gatewood, uh, he's graduated from Kentucky, or did he transfer? He transferred to UCF in the middle of last season. So, and he's, so what do you guys think of him, uh, him playing from quarterback to wide receiver? Yeah. I, th- I think it fits his skill set. I yeah. think he's going to have a lot more. I think he's going to have more opportunity to get smart, on the field as a wide receiver. Smart business decision. How about the, that so, trivia? Uh, okay, but hey, but I think I'm thinking for Auburn for this year for football. 
we Auburn should go twelve, like probably eleven and one. And the only game Auburn lose to will be against Georgia. We certainly hope for that, Matt, uh, but uh, don't find it to be too likely at this point. But uh, we will see. Uh, what uh, what trivia do you want, Matt? You want Major League Baseball or College Baseball or what do you want? Uh, I will take College. Uh, co- Auburn college baseball. Base- yeah, and then take um and and then the other part, other half, uh, movie trivia. All right, let's uh, let's do an Auburn baseball trivia question then first. Uh, Auburn baseball has won two straight road series. Who? Which two teams did they beat? What two teams did they beat? Yep, they've won two consecutive road series. One was LSU. Yes. And I was gonna probably say Ole Miss. Not quite. It was the uh, it was the week before the LSU series, and uh, it was an SEC West team, but it was not Ole Miss. Would you like another guess? Um, let's see. It's not, it's not Missouri. It's not Alabama. It's not in the West, right? Yes. It's in the West. Missouri's not in the West. Nope, they are in the East. Uh, it was not Ole Miss. Not state. Uh, have I already said Florida? You have not, but it is not Florida. They are in the East. It's Texas A and M. Okay. Texas A and M was uh, the series before the. Well, uh, two ain't bad though. Yeah, one out two is still pretty good. And now uh, a movie question for you. Yeah, I got you one um, for you. Yeah. All right. What was the first feature-length animated movie ever released? Repeat that now. What was the first full-length animated movie ever released? Uh-oh. I don't know that one. I'll, I'll say guess. It's a very popular uh, Disney movie. Yeah, it's a Disney movie. It's a very early Disney movie. Disney movie? Yep. Like an old, old Disney old, movie? Or old Disney movie. Uh, I wish I had Pinocchio, but it's not right. It's not Pinocchio, I but it's around that time. I wish I had Lion King, but that's not right. A little before Lion King. Mm-hmm. This was released in the 60s, I think. Oh, my goodness. In the 60s? I wasn't born in the 60s. <laughs> Neither was <laughs> I. Man. Do you want one more hint? Sure. All right. It has to do with Disney princesses. Snow White. Snow White. There you go. Good job, Matt. I was wrong. This was released in 1937. Oh, my goodness. That's a long time ago. Yeah, right? 1937. Yep. I would have been born. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why it's impressive you got it, man. Yes, sir. How about we do the cheer now? Well, hey, before we do the cheer... And I want to ask you guys this question. What? Actually, two questions. One is that what do you guys think about Kessler leaving? 
And if he's excited to come back, you think Bruce Pearl will Kessler come back? Uh, I think I think if Bruce Pearl, I think if Walker Kessler wanted to come back, Bruce Pearl would open him with would welcome him with open arms. But uh, Walker Kessler has said already that he does not plan on coming back to Auburn. So, uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about Flanagan? He'll he'll be back, right? Yes, Flanagan should be back. Should we'll be see. Back. He he's not going to the NBA, but he might transfer. It's really not clear yet. But most but most of the players are coming back. Yes. What do you guys think about Cam? What do you think about Cambridge playing with his brother in Arizona? Pretty cool. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I hope they have a lot of success. I think they're going to have a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and do the cheer, Matt. Okay. Five, four, four three, 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 two, two, two one, one. one. Whoa. Eagle. Hey. 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 Be Bama. 48, 45, 40, 63, 13. Booyah. 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 Hey, hey, I got some good news for you guys. What's that? For for swimming or Olympics, state state games got canceled for swimming in Troy. But this I just heard, you guys, Mike, can you and JJ, you guys can't bring Tom. <laughs> but you but you guys can come in JJ. They're gonna have a swim meet in Opalaka. Really? Okay. In May. In May. Sweet. But once I find out more information, you guys can come watch each swim. Sweet. And um, and so so hey, if you, hey, I want to give a message out to uh, Matt for Auburn in Auburn. Hey man, sorry to miss you guys. I'm sorry I don't get a chance to talk to you, but I hope someday I will. And war down, Steve. Don't interrupt when the guys are talking. <laughs> and Sean, and Sean, you better call or you're fired. Cool. We appreciate that phone call, Matt. Hope you have a great day, man. All right, Warrior guys. Warrior Eagle. Eagle. That is Warrior Matt, Eagle, Matt from Tallahassee on our Auburn Bank phone line. Going to go ahead and take our first break of the show today. When we come back, James from Montgomery will join us. This is Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Here on Sports Call Auburn, Tiger 95.9. Ryan, Cam, and Brant with you here this afternoon. Just had a good call from Matt from Tallahassee, Matt for Auburn. And now we will go right back to our Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 James from Montgomery. James joins us. James, how are you doing? I'm good and War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. And Matt Eagle. also wanted to tell you that uh, he said hello and War Eagle to you. 
Oh, okay. Thanks for that. And um, I was just looking at uh, the transfer portal for uh, the college football season. And I've been looking at some uh, college football transfer portals and seeing if Bryce if um, Bryce Young will be coming to Auburn. Is that a true statement or not? That, that not is not true. I, I wish. Though. Yeah. That'd be nice. That would bring some stability he, uh, to Auburn. He is sure. firmly going to be the quarterback at Alabama next year. Yeah, he's pretty locked in. Yeah, because if he's uh, locked in with a losing team like Alabama, uh, I was looking. Uh-huh. I'm with you. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Preach, yeah, because, James. I mean, Preach. I mean, the the things that uh, Alabama has actually done over the years, I mean, I've looked at their schedules. I've looked at their stats. I've looked at injuries on their, on their roster. I don't see Alabama. I don't see the University of Alabama winning winning another national championship under um, Nick Saban. I, I don't see that anywhere. I hope Matt, you're right. I, I or not I, Matt James. I'm sorry. I, I hope very I, much hope you're right. I admire your optimism, even if I do not share it. <laughs> no, no, because here's the thing about Alabama football. Because I used to be an Alabama fan at one point in time years ago before I uh, before you before came to the light. Yeah, before I came, you know, to to a good a good home like Auburn, and I'm staying at Auburn as an Auburn fan through and through until the day I, until it's time for me to you know pass on to the be, next side. Yes, sir, I'm with you. Yeah, because with Alabama, I've looked at so many games that Alabama has ever won. All of their games are actually won by. Uh, Gene Stallings, well, actually, Paul Bear Bryant, Gene Stallings, and Nick Saban. And everybody here in Tuscaloosa saying that Nick Saban is one of the best uh, coaches at Alabama, that is not absolutely 100% true. That is 10% true. I mean, a 10% lie. I think the best uh, court coach at the University of Alabama would be Nick uh, Paul William Bear Bryant. He's won more championships with great players from years past, and he had a great uh, connection with uh, former Hall of Famer uh, Joe Namath. He lives here in Tuscaloosa, and he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, hands down. Yeah, James. I think uh, I think a lot of people uh, have Would been disagree. debating uh, Bear Bryant versus Nick Saban for a while now. But I think with what Nick Saban has continued to do and and uh, continue continuation to, of success, yeah, I, I think most people would say Nick Saban has passed Bear Bryant. That is not uh, any slight at all towards Bear Bryant because he's still one of the great coaches of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I definitely think that Nick Saban has earned the right to be respected as, as their top coach of, of all time and. Uh, and really of the sports all time. So, uh, you know, that, uh, that uh, I think a lot, a lot of pushback would come on that. Yes, and I would like to see a rematch of uh, 20, uh, I think 2000, uh, 2021's national championship season between Georgia and Alabama, and I do want to see that game again this year. And I would like to see uh, Kirby Smart actually beat Alabama again for the fourth consecutive time in Georgia's franchise history as well. 
Well, of course, right now they're just on a on a one game win streak since they lost the uh, SEC championship yeah. game to Alabama. But uh, you know, James, as crazy it would be to see that again, I, I would rather someone other than Georgia and Alabama play Same. each other for for trophies. It's like but, an Auburn uh, fan's worst nightmare. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, Georgia certainly they got the big one last year. Yes. Now I've been hearing about like the new um, improvements for the SEC for next few years with Texas and Oklahoma, do you think those two schools would uh, come to the SEC and what uh, schools would actually play them as well? Because I would like to see Auburn and Texas actually play like a inaugural opening game, you know, like a classic game as well. Yeah, no, I'd certainly, cool. certainly, James, uh, Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC uh, there's a lot of debate on when exactly that will happen. Some lawyers might or might not get involved at some point, but I think by 2025 will be the latest that they would join. And uh, that's the big question that you, you asked. What? How are they going to do the schedules and that sort of thing? Uh, really, we don't know yet, and I think that's going to be a talking point for the years until they decide, uh, because I think everyone agrees that we don't want to play at these teams' road venues only once out of every, I don't know, 12, 13 years. Yeah. And so uh, I think mm-hmm. how they do the schedule will be very important. It will be very well talked about between now and then. Yeah, because I've uh, actually seen um, Auburn and Texas. I've looked at their history, their historic season between them, and I've think they've actually played against each other years ago. I'm not mistaken, but I'll have to see if that's um, true or not as well. Yeah, Auburn has played games against Texas and Oklahoma before, but it has been a a very long time. I know they played both against both of those teams uh, a couple of times back in the 80s. I know um, Auburn, and, Auburn and Texas played each other in the kickoff game uh, back in 84, I want to say. A game that Texas won by one point, if memory serves. And Bo Jackson also got hurt in that game. So Yeah, the last time yeah. they played each other was 1991. Yeah, they had so. played eight times, James. And, uh, yeah, I think Cam found it as well. But uh, Texas, five and three all time. The last meeting uh, was an Auburn victory, though, 14 to 10. And as Cam said, in 1991 in Austin. Yeah, it's because when I actually go to some of the home games for Auburn, I like like I really like how they do like the opening uh, like the opening games you know how they do um, like the history of Auburn but I'm I'm just like a really diehard Auburn fan and um, basically for me I I actually like the new name that they actually gave to the Auburn Arena Neville Arena but I think with that being said I think they should like expand like the the um the Hall of Honor, like, expanded. So that way when um, a lot of uh, new fans that come to Auburn, they should know the history that Auburn actually has because I've seen, like, they have, like, a flat-screen TV, and it shows, like, the same sports like baseball, women's basketball, men's basketball. But I think they should just add a few more um like a few more sports in there like you know gymnastics or equestrian or track and field and show like you know they can actually do like have some of the players that actually you know did track and field years ago you know and they can like let 
you know, people like let the fans know who were those players before, you know, on the track and field men's and women's teams as well. Yeah, we definitely want to honor all the, the great student athletes that played various sports at Auburn. And I'm sure over the years they will continue to add uh, the, the names that are deserving of being recognized and that sort of thing. Yeah, and then with the fan base, I mean, we should be recognized as well, too, because we we are actually the heart and soul of the Auburn University uh, family as well. So we should, I mean, the, they should, like, you know, honor us as well as fans as well. Yeah, do some fan appreciation stuff. That's always welcomed. And, uh, of course, Auburn has uh, got a lot of fans here in the state of Alabama. We know you are included in that. And, uh yeah, no, they, uh, they. I think they do appreciate their fans. Yeah, because, I mean, we should have, like, you know, for the fan base, I think we should have, like, a our own little, like, our own little ESPN 30 for 30 or SEC, you know, network thing that, you know, they can actually ask us, like, different questions on what we like about Auburn or what we take from Auburn as well because we do um, a lot of um, inside work for Auburn University as well. What else do you have on your mind today, James? Well, I am very excited that I saw the Kansas Jayhawks last night actually beat the North Carolina Tar Heels. That was really, really, really good as well. I was not excited about that, James. I, As you might know, I'm a North Carolina fan, so uh, that uh, was very crushing to see. Still a great season for the Tar Heels, but... uh, yeah, congrats to Kansas on coming back. Largest comeback in NCAA championship game history. And uh, it was a good game for everyone to watch. Yeah, it was. And I was um, – before that game actually started, I was trying to decide if I wanted to be with uh, North Carolina or Kansas. And I was like, you know what, I might as well just let – you know, I might as well just let Kansas win this one as well. So I just have to see – um, what would um, March Madness really look like in 2023 and beyond as well? Yeah, we hope next year we hope Auburn's able to make a deeper run. And uh, I know uh, that uh, it's always something that we value each and every year. And there's nothing quite like March Madness. And so we will we will miss it because that, of course, last night was the last college basketball se- game of the season. So it's going to be several months before we see college basketball again. Yes, and with the um, Masters coming up this coming up Wednesday, I would like to have uh, Master um, uh, the uh, PGA Masters trivia for today. You want that today, or you want that uh, tomorrow? Um, I'll probably take it today as well. Okay, let's get you some Masters trivia then. Um, I'm gonna have to. Uh, we're not prepared for this, so we're gonna think of a question right here. Uh, okay. But, uh, all right, I'll go ahead and give you one. How many times has Tiger Woods won the Masters? Uh, how many times has Tiger Woods won the Masters? I would have to say one would be in 2015, and the other one would have to be in 2017. Yeah, so Tiger has won it more than that, James. His most recent was 2019. Um, oh, okay. That was his most recent, but he's won it more than twice. Would you like to field one more guess? Um, I would have to say mm, I'll probably take a good swing at this. I'll have to say... Good pun? 
Um, I have to say 2022. No, 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 because no, he's coming back this year. Um, I would have to say 2021. Well, well, James, I was asking you how many times he's won the oh, Masters. Oh, how many yeah. times? He's yeah, not won the last the time he played. How many? How many times has he won? One. Um, I'll have to say seventeen. It does feel like that at times, but uh, Tiger has won the Masters five times, and that it, uh, that is the second most uh, victories in Masters history. And that will lead me to one more question for you about the Masters. Then, James, who has okay. won? Who has won the Masters the most times? He's the only person to win more than Tigers. Tiger. Oh, I know this one because I was watching uh, the promo for this in the history of the Masters, and they did say this uh, particular question: uh, the most person before besides Tiger Woods that ever won the Masters would have to be I know it's not Phil Mickelson because he's he's in there but he's um, not, he hadn't won the Masters since I know it's not um, I know it's not Greg um no, 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 no. Uh, let me see. I think it would have to be. Uh, man, it's so many different guys I've seen over the years. Um, I'll probably get a hint on this one. All right, he retired uh, in the late 1990s, so his main playing days were 1970s, 1980s. I would have to say that would be um mm, let me see. He played in the nineties. Okay. I would have to say it would be Phil Mickelson. It is not Phil Mickelson, uh, it is Jack Nicholas. <laughs> okay, yes, Jack Nicholas. He's one of my. He is one of my favorite uh, golfers of all time as well, and he actually plays golf from time to time on his downtime when he's not acting or uh, making movies as well. No, that's Jack Nicholson. Uh, those oh, are two different sorry. people. No, yeah, you're good. Uh, Jack Nicholson is one of the great actors of all time. Jack Nicholas is one of the great golfers of all time. So easy to get confused with that one. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that was the two we had for you, James. And uh, maybe if you, uh, that would just whet your appetite, maybe we'll have a, another one for you tomorrow or something. All right, sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. We are going to go ahead and take our last break of our number one. On the other side, one final segment of the first hour. This is Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, 
roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Final segment of the first hour of Sports Call coming to you live from our studios on South College Street, which we had to hide for cover in Boop. earlier today uh, due to the uh, storms out there. So, say that it was exciting. It you was. turned my mic on. Well, I had to go do something, and uh-huh. you turned my mic off. I walked in, you turned it on, and then I sat down, and you turned it off well, again. Because <laughs> uh, you put the laptop down, and that I is didn't true. want that is the true. Uh, reverb to, to get us. But uh, my apologies. But anyway, about three minutes left here in the first hour of the program. So we do this each and every show. It moves around. We try and get it done in the first hour, though, and so we will talk about it now. It's the birthdays in sports. <laughs> It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Today on April the 5th, got four birthdays for you here today. Starting off with Ike Hilliard, 46 years of age today, Auburn wide receiver coach. Hilliard played college football at Florida, where he won three SEC championships and a national championship en route to being named an All-American and setting several school records. He was picked seventh overall by the New York Giants in 1997 and played 11 years in the league. He went into coaching immediately after his retirement. So Ike Hilliard turns 46 today. Fix us. He's going (laughs) to save us. (laughs) He's going to save our wide receiver room. Uh, Kim Collins also turns 46 today, former track runner. Collins completed... Uh, competed, excuse me, in track and field at TCU from 2000-2003 and made his first Olympics appearance in 1996. He competed in five separate Olympic Games and won his first major title in 2003 when he won the 100 meters at the World Championships. Kim Collins turns 46 today. Matt Bonner turns 42, NBA forward. Bonner played at Concord High School in New Hampshire, where as a senior he won a state championship and was named Valedictorian of his class. He played four four years at Florida from 1999 to 2003 and was an all-conference player. He was selected 45th overall in the 2003 draft and eventually signed with the Spurs. He won two NBA championships with the Spurs and retired in 2017. Matt Bonner is 42 and... Three birthdays in the 40s. Why not one more? Captain Jack, Steven Jackson, turns 44 today. Former NBA guard Jackson was a high school All-American and played a year at Butler Community College before being drafted in the 1997 draft. However, he elected to play overseas until 2000 when he signed with the Nets. He would play for several teams over the next 14 years. He was a one-time NBA champion also with the San Antonio Spurs. A lot of overlap today as Steven Jackson turns 44 Today, I killed Kim Collins, Matt Bonner, Stephen Jackson, all in their 40s, having a very happy birthday today. Those are the birthdays in sports. Had a couple of Floridas on there, a couple of Spurs, a lot of overlap amongst those four athletes. But uh, about out of time here in hour number one. Already had good co- phone calls from Matt from Tallahassee and James from Montgomery. Starting off hour number two, we will have retired Wardham Steve. He will. Uh, check in with us on our Auburn Bank phone line to open up uh, the second hour. So, uh, good first hour, though. We uh, still will have more to talk about with North Carolina and Kansas with Auburn basketball. And again, in the next hour, we will be giving away Auburn baseball tickets to Auburn and Vanderbilt the Friday night game. So, check that out 
here coming up in the next hour. But out of time in hour number one, Ryan, Brant, and Cam with you here on this Tuesday afternoon. And we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call underway on this Tuesday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy, Brand Daughtry, and Cam Berry with you here. And a good first hour. Had a full first hour on our Auburn Bank phone line in particular. And uh, got birthdays and sports done as well. So as we move along here in hour number two, still to come, going to give away those Auburn and Vanderbilt Friday night tickets. That will be coming up a little bit later this hour. Also going to be having more Auburn Bank phone calls. And got to still talk about North Carolina and Kansas from last night, the end of the college basketball season, and then kind of a look at this Auburn roster after the pro announcements of Jabari Smith and, of course, Walker Kessler. But for now, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Uh, safe and sound. Good afternoon to you guys. I'm glad you're safe, right? Mr. Ryan LaVoy, Mr. Canberry, Mr. Brent Daughtry? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, good. All right, let's start with some really good stuff, Okay. Two quotes from a uh, gentleman that uh, I'd say all of us agree as Auburn fans uh, will uh, always remember and uh, never forget and will miss sorely. The quotes are, Auburn will forever be my home. And the other quote is, there's no place in the country like Auburn. Of course, Mr. Jabari Smith. And uh, if you have not seen the video, and it said on here that he produced it, is that right? Yes. Okay, because I thought maybe you said that uh, the Auburn Athletic Department had produced it. No, yeah, it's they, that he wrote and produced it. Yeah, they they tweeted out the video, but it was all uh, apparently his vision. I mean, obviously we don't know everything that went on, but he, he wrote that letter and he he knew what he wanted in that video, and they helped him throw it together. Well, it was well done, well done, real real classy. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, just get a 
box of puffs out because uh, it's a bit of a uh, sentimental journey with him. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, a very I watched, emotional I video. I this and, morning, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah. My heart. So have you guys read anywhere inside news that uh, is he got a more than 50 chance to be the number one dry flowery pick or not? He's in the top three. Uh, it depends on what the lot, what what order the lottery goes in, what those particular teams see in him. Uh, they still got the combine to go through, but it, it'll be him, Bancaro, or Chet Holmgren in some order or another. I think yeah. he's got a good shot, um, just because if you can shoot, if you're a six ten guy that can shoot, it, you can be used for a very long time. So, uh, but we'll see. And I think it's also going to depend on who gets what pick as well, yeah. Yeah, based sure. off need. Um, so you could, because I've also seen Jaden Ivey kind of be thrown in as a number one potential here and there, but that's like more of an outside shot. I think those top three are really the main ones. How much did his lack of performing in the Miami loss uh, will taint, you know, his overall, uh, I guess, uh, you know, pick uh, by the uh, by the scouts? It, it yeah, won't. I don't it think won't. it will there's, at all. There's an entire there's an entire season's worth of film out on him where you know that that game is very clearly the outlier and. Again, he's going to perform well at the Combine, um, I think. So uh, I don't think it's going to knock his draft status down too much. We'll f- we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, these are still okay. kids as well. So, you know, you got to kind of factor that in where, you know, they're still young. They're obviously not – their games are very polished for their age, um, but they're not, they're not perfect. Well, speaking of outliers, since uh, you guys like to do a lot of sports uh, trivia stuff, here's one that came to my attention from the uh, – History Channel. On April the 5th in 1984, guys, a uh, record was uh, made and, and broken, and right now uh, still stands uh, from the article. Uh, the Probably one of the more famous basketball players who's now retired. Uh, his given name was Mr. Lou Alcindor. Yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What did he, what did he right. do in the 80s? What did he do? In 1984, on this date, he scored 31,420th point of his career, which at that time broke the record for scoring by who? The other Wilt the Stilt, Chamberlain. That's pretty crazy. That's what he did on this date. Now, uh, according to the History Channel, uh, Mr. Uh, Kareem Dillard-Jabbar, he remains the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Not only that, but they say that he also uh, maintains and holds the record for the most minutes played. If you want to know what they were, 54,446 minutes. And he also holds the record for the most blocked shots. That number is 3,189. Sheesh. Yeah, Kareem, Kareem was different for sure. I, yeah. know, I know LeBron is... Yeah, that points record is going to get broken next yeah. season. Yeah, for sure. He's what, within 150, 200 yeah, uh, points, something like that? that is he? It's it's one thousand one hundred. Yeah, it's it's oh it's over yeah. a thousand. He has to average, I think, eleven. Oh, is it twenty two points the gap per thousand? game? Okay. Yeah, the guy. I it, I know which stat you're talking about. It's yeah. it's something else. He broke that this season. Yeah. But next season he'll break the total points. Um, I think just regular yeah, season. It was combined, yeah. yeah, yeah it was combined. Yeah. Combined playoffs and regular. Yeah, season playoffs points. and regular season. But next season he's just gonna. He's going to break the regular season points record. I think he only has to average like 22 points a game over all 82 to to do it, which, I mean, he's averaging 30, 30 right now. So, <laughs> Okay, well, good for him. Now, this is over a 20-year NBA career, and uh, I did not know that he had uh, a record six 
uh, MVP awards during his 20-year uh, NBA career. And it also said here that he uh, was inducted in 95 into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. I know there was a Naismith Memorial. Did you guys know that? Yeah, that, that is the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. I mean, it's... So. Modern there, just got in this past year. Pretty yeah, crazy. There, there is no NBA yeah. Hall of Fame. It is the Naismith Hall of Fame. Well, thanks for educating me. That lets you know how much I keep up with uh, the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I, Steve, <laughs> I learned I that. I learned that last week, so don't feel too bad. <laughs> okay. Now, what I find ironic, as you guys have mentioned, Naismith had a losing record, <laughs> and yet they named it after him because he apparently was the creator, I guess, uh, the originator for uh, uh, modern basketball, right? Yeah, yes. probably a pioneer, so the okay. name is an homage. So, moving on, guys. Can we talk about the, the bad and the ugly? And there's no good in this. I ate my Snickers candy bar, but unfortunately I think <laughs> I jinxed it because um, it had melted in my car at the time, so I had to put it in a freezer. When I took it out, it was too darn cold, uh, like a brick. So I had to wait, and the game had already started. So I didn't get to eat it like I'm supposed to before <laughs> the game started. So that I knew was a bad omen. And, you know, I thought Auburn, you know, in all sports, uh, held the banner when it came to if you can lose a lead, no lead is safe, you know, that's Auburn's mantra. Well, apparently we were outdone by UNC last night, weren't we? Yeah, that was the uh, biggest comeback in a uh, national championship game uh, ever. Uh, it was 15 and a half. It was 16 at one point in the first half. I believe it was 38-22 at that time. So, uh, yeah, North Carolina. Well, I mean, a 16-point lead with, with 24 minutes to go. Yeah, is, that's that's still not a lot. A lot. Of time left. Yeah, that's yeah. not a lot. 15 points is not a massive and lead college, in basketball. Yeah, and college basketball is such a game of runs as well. Well, I, I know that, but guys, what I'm referring to is, you know, I thought they would come out with a killer instinct. You know, if you have a 16-point lead, build on it. Don't let it, you know. Well, the other team's not going to just lay down and die. Yeah, for sure. But that team couldn't make a shot in the ocean in the first half, and all of a sudden. Yeah, but in the second I, half, they made a lot of shots. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, part of I what. Can't figure that out. Yeah, I mean you know Kansas was obviously no, one of the best Steve, teams in the nation. You know, Steve. Here's the thing: nobody can figure it out. If they could, they'd make a whole lot of money. I agree, and and you know I thought well, hopefully you know, um, Kansas was just pathetic at the free throw line. Yeah, they went fifty percent. And that kept UNC somewhat in the game. Uh, but at the end, uh, there was a three-pointer made by, I forgot by who. Uh, Remy Martin. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it was, I mean, it was a good good game uh, uh, by both sides. I just thought, wow, you know, uh, they could really blow this, and they did. They blew it. Now, what really burns me, guys, is that apparently cheating does not get punished. It never has, Steve. Never, ever. Uh, the NCAA is toothless. Their rules are fake. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, whatever. Really it's, it's whatever. I'm, I'm past the point of caring. I think it's hilarious yeah. that LSU is has fired Will Wade uh, at this point. But <laughs> they have no you're right. I mean, it's on scholarship. Yeah, I mean, Kansas, they're big struggling. Kansas got away with doing something that every school does. Uh, they just got caught doing it and, and got to slap on the wrist. The they said, we, we don't care. We're going to go ahead and play anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Got to slap on the and wrist. Listen, that's the, I mean, that's I mean, they the got right a answer. I mean, I mean, they got a championship yeah. out of it, so. At this point, that is the right answer. And uh, I guess what I really find just uh, just more than irritating, just, um, just vomiting, nauseating, is that during the 2010 championship run we had in football, 
you know, there was ongoing, I mean, ongoing questions and comments, you know, to, uh, to Mr. Cam Newton by uh, sports analysts, sports writers uh, on TV during the games, you know, uh, about the allegations. But yeah, the, the... I, didn't hear, I didn't hear a peep about the allegations brought against, and these are level one, against Mr. Self. Uh, during the Final Four, or even last night, did you guys did I miss something? No, absolutely not. I, listen, the 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 atmosphere around that has changed in the last ten years or so. I mean, the, in 2010, yeah, getting caught paying players was a big deal, and then everyone realized, like, hey, everybody's doing it, so just don't be sloppy with it. And uh, you know, Kansas got sloppy with it, got caught, and they got a championship anyway. So whatever. It, the NCAA and their, you know. I, I've been on the stance that everybody pays players. I, I've been in, I've been on that bag for a little while now, and uh, I just it, it doesn't really bother me. I, I think Kansas may have some sanctions against them, um, but they will always remember this game. They'll always say, "Hey, we won this championship game," so I don't think it really matters that much. Well, I guess what bothers me is the blatant bias, uh, or maybe uh, towards certain blue blood teams, and for no sports journalist to even. Uh, you know, I probably would be have one day of sports journalism, that'd be it. But I would have asked him, like uh, the lady that was uh, talking to both coaches during the commercial breaks, uh, Coach Self, um, do you have any worries, concerns about the ongoing uh, charges against you? Now, no one dares ask him that. Uh, is there no, uh, I guess, no courage among sports journalists? Well, what are they afraid of? I feel like the I feel like the question has been asked and it's been answered. Uh, it, Bill Self clearly is not very scared of the NCAA right now, and he was a lot more concerned with winning a championship, and more power to him. Okay, and then I thought, well, maybe, you know, if they do probably put the hammer down on him, uh, they'll vacate the championship title. But then I read from uh, Mr. Phil Marshall this afternoon, nope, uh, they will not vacate. He doesn't, they don't lose their um, championship title. Is that correct? I have no idea. The, the NCAA does what it wants in that department. It, they could very well take that title from Kansas, but I don't know if they will or not. Usually vaca- vacations, well, I don't know if that's Vacating? The right. Va- usually vacating a championship like that is because players that were later deemed ineligible played in that game. Right, which that's what he said. Right. So I don't see how that would have happened last night. So that then won't apply to right. their winning, even though he may be let go and fired. Right. Well, I, yeah, I don't think they'll Kansas end up firing him regardless. But uh, but yeah. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, um, I do what, not. What was your skepticism that he will not get that kind of a, a punishment? No. No, because uh, he's Bill Self. He's won two national championships, and I, I also and he brings consistent winning yeah, to the program. Like, yeah, they're I just. Yeah. So, you, okay, so cheating does pay. Yeah, absolutely, and it oh, has for yeah. a very Cheating long pains, time, man. It has like, for a long time. You know, just it's just part of the game now. It, it really is. Okay, so keep cheating until you get caught, and then so what? Pretty much, yeah. All right. All right. Unless you so, unless uh, you get caught, you know, paying paying your player's fiance or whatever. All right, guys. All right, we won't talk about that. Uh, I, I asked you yesterday, and I don't know if you were able to uh, find the answer to it, but I want to see, you know, have our gymnastics team ever gone to the NCAA, you know, championship uh, title uh, uh, games? And do you guys know if that's ever happened before? Uh, I do not, Steve. I think uh, the guys are trying to finally answer that. I did not hear that question uh, okay. yesterday because I was not on the show. But uh, it, I can tell you, if it has, it's been very infrequent. Uh, it's not happened in a while, and 
Uh, I would, if I had to guess, I'd say no, they've not been. But uh, they, because they, they, they've, think about it this year, they've set their new program high for highest score multiple times this year. So that would lead me to believe that they had not been to this point. Well, it must be a rarity because I read also it's not that easy to get to it to the NCAA uh, championship because only eight teams will be competing. Right. If I read that correctly. Yep. yep. Two, two meets of four, and then the top two out of each meet will meet for the championship. So is this like the final four, like it is in basketball, or how does that work? It'll become that, yes. It, it's like two two meets of four teams, and then the top two meets out of both those meets will have will be in the championship meet. So therefore, yes, four finalists. And the meet, we call first on here, where's the meet going to be at? Ooh. Uh, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. There you go. Uh, I, I thought it was Texas. Fort Worth? Okay. I think Auburn Gymnastics in 2010 is what I'm looking at. It did make the final meet. I think so. Or the uh, yeah, final eight. I'm saying it's saying April 10th, 2010. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, is there any uh, prize money for this or just a trophy? Uh, I think the, the NCAA does not pay its athletes right. anything. It's so like any other yeah. NCAA championship. Okay, well, okay, I guess I'm talking. Maybe I guess for like Final Four uh, or SEC football, you know, whoever goes. Talking about a more the, revenue uh, share yeah. for the university. Yeah, revenue yeah. sharing, yeah. Uh, uh, there might be something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it would probably be pretty small. Okay. All right, so it actually costs us money to have uh, gymnastics in. No, uh, gymnastics is revenue generating. Right. It, do, it does pay for itself, and it does actually make money for the university. Okay, well, that's good to know. All right, guys, one last question. Uh, do you. Th- do you imagine that Mr. Jabari Smith will, um, you know, I, I guess, uh, will, will he be uh, ever considered to be uh, to have a statue, sort of like Charles Barkley? I'm not sure. I think it's tough to have a statue for guys that are one and done. Um, usually, yeah. statue guys, retired number guys, are guys that yeah. had a couple of years of contribution uh, at a high level, which in basketball is just tough to do nowadays. Um, I don't think so. Cam Newton. We did have Cam Newton, and Cam Newton's number is unofficially retired. I, I'm, I feel sure that when he retires from playing football, they will have a ceremony for his jersey retirement. But Cam did. He, Cam won a Heisman. He won a national championship. He did as much as you can do in a single season. Jabari was an excellent player. He might be the number one overall draft pick, uh, but I, I don't know if his jersey will get retired or anything like that. Well, you know, for what it for what holds, I'm not Mr. Neville. Don't have that kind of money, but you know, if he were to get the number one draft lottery pick, that'd be a first ever. Uh, it would. Uh, it'd be a, it'd be so a very big deal. That to me would warrant maybe considering him to have a statue, uh, you know, in his honor to be mm-hmm. the first uh, number one lottery pick. Maybe it, it, if he had won, you know, obviously he won SEC Freshman of the Year. So that's like that's a pretty good award, I feel like. But that's just within our league. Um, I think if he had won like a national play of the year as a freshman and maybe like a few other big like major awards, then we could really talk about it. Um, the number one overall pick thing, though, I mean, y- you could make the case. You you could make the case. I would say right. I would say Steve that uh, for someone like Duke. You know that they've had so many picks and stuff that they would they would never even consider just simply by getting picked number one or in the like that and have that type of year they wouldn't consider it. So I think that Auburn really should not do that just for being the number one pick. And uh, as Brant was alluding to, uh, Jabari was great, but there wasn't anything 
extraordinary about what he or the team accomplished this year. They didn't win the whole thing, or he didn't win Naismith Player of the Year and that sort of thing. And so if he had had a great career over three or four years, gets drafted high, leads Auburn to X amount of success, then you've got something. But for just one year, you have to do something extraordinary. And for as great as Jabari was, there's nothing that just tells me that he deserves to be cemented with a statue for all of eternity. Okay. You know, uh, everything you said, um, uh, they, all, they all have merit. Uh, a very valid points, and so fair enough. Uh, I guess, you know, when I think about it, you know, we've never been known as a basketball school. So, you know, when I think of someone like Jabari, uh, I said, wow, uh, he's something, he's done something that no other person, uh, even Charles Barkley, has ever done to be a number one draft lottery pick. But uh, I don't want to keep you guys any longer. Oh, and Matt, I heard your comments. I'll do better at uh, listening and not interrupting. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Thank you for letting me ramble, as always, and uh, hopefully making a little bit of sense. But uh, uh, I uh, always want to thank you for the time that you uh, give us and the rest of the people. Yes, sir. And uh, how, how are you doing with your surveys? Yeah, that's a good call, See, We actually need to remind people, yeah, we've been getting some in. Uh, we, of course, opened it out last week, and we're getting a, a good, solid amount of responses. So, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Um, if, uh, if anyone out there wants to go find the website, uh, the tiger.fm and, and find the sports call survey or look for it on our social media yeah that's a good uh, good point steve that we're still taking survey responses absolutely all right um you guys you know i, I live far away that's so why i could, can't come to your studio that often but do you get an actual uh you know an actual award that, that can be displayed uh for winning the abbeys yes 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 we do okay all right well then uh, i guess you can cash that in and give yourself a pay raise <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not right. quite. We we do value that. Enough of my nonsense, guys. You guys heard it, and uh, I'll say this: you are the number one uh, sports call radio show that actually lets people like Anthony come on the show, even when they make less nice, <laughs> less sense than I do. Thank you, and, sir. Uh, Anthony, if you're listening at all, man, we want you back because I, I don't have anybody I can laugh at uh, without you uh, being on there. All right, let me let you go, guys. Have a safe afternoon. Yes, sir. Until next time, War Eagle always, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. That is retired War Dam Steve on our Auburn Bank phone line. Got to take our first break of hour number two. On the other side, more sports call. The biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome 
Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, sportscallauburn.com, the Tiger Communications app. And, of course, if you need to listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast, do it. Ryan, Brent, and Cam with you here this afternoon. and Having a great time. Having a great time indeed as we are about halfway through the show here. And uh, as promised, we want to now give away some tickets. Now, we're not going to use the Sports Call phone line. The number you will want to dial is 334-887-9999 for two tickets to Auburn and Vanderbilt Baseball Friday night at Plainsman Park. So call in right now, 334-887-9999. To win two tickets to Auburn and Vandy Friday night, 6 p.m. first pitch inside of Plainsman Park. It will not rain, I do not believe. I'm going to win. You're not allowed (laughs) to win. Uh, No one on this show is allowed to win. Uh, But it's the thought that counts, I suppose. But uh, it's going to be a big series between Auburn and Vanderbilt. Auburn actually cracking the top 25 in one of the major polls this week not in every poll but in one of them i believe the d1 baseball not d1 baseball baseball america i believe they made it to number 25 and of course vanderbilt still ranked after getting swept by tennessee uh still being because ranked they're vanderbilt pretty high yeah vandy boys um so uh vanderbilt uh, and auburn two tickets to the friday night affair inside of plainsman park 334-887-99 99 to win those two tickets but uh yeah let's uh let's start talking a little bit more about auburn and uh in particular we're gonna kind of rehash what we started the show with between jabari smith walker kessler announcing their decisions of course auburn with a big five-star commit last week from yohan treo and so this uh, this team still has a, a pretty clear shape to it, but yeah. the great unknown about college basketball and about the transfer portal and everything is it has a shape for now until yep. someone would like a fresh start elsewhere. Uh, and But that can be for or against you. So when we're looking at this roster right now, you still have only a couple of firm transfer portals. And, of course, Devin Cambridge already made his decision yep. uh, with his brother, Gary Arizona State. You have uh, a transfer portal of Preston Cook, who uh, was obviously walk on walk on that uh, earned a scholarship. So was pretty. I think he's going to help somebody at a, at a lower level. Yeah, for uh, sure. He could uh, he could move around a little bit. He had some good athleticism, and uh, we wish a, him well. A knockdown but, shooter as well. But uh, he's uh, he's out out in the portal. And, uh, and then, of course, Smith and Kessler and the professionals. I don't think I'm missing anyone else. No, no I, I think you've got it. Yeah. So uh, right now, that's relatively little movement because last year's team had a ton of movement. Uh, so I don't know. We, we've kind of had this conversation in recent weeks, but need to have it again. Where do you see the Auburn roster going from here? Any other transfers you see? Is there anyone that you're worried about making su- a surprise decision and then – uh, obviously, what you think of what Auburn's got as it stands right now? Well, I think the I, I'll go ahead. Um, I I think the biggest thing that Auburn needs right now is another two guard. You're getting in Chance Westry, and he's yeah. a true two. But uh, I think Auburn wants to bring in another guy to have uh, alongside Katie Johnson because Katie Johnson is listed as a shooting guard. He played shooting guard for Auburn this year, but he's about six feet tall. He is not a natural shooting guard. Um, so I think Auburn 
wants to bring in a a true like six four six five guy who can play that two spot, play on the wing. Um, I, looking at transfers, I I don't want this to happen, but I could see it happening. Jalen Williams uh, is good enough to be the focal point of somebody's offense. And if Auburn brings in another power forward, he may say, hey, I want to be a smaller post player instead of playing on the wing. He's about 6'8". That's the size of most uh, small forwards, but he has played power forward. He's played center for Auburn, standing at 6'8". And he he could very well say, I want to play those positions at another school. And that would be a shame because I love Jalen Williams. I've been very high on him for uh, two years now. And I, I think that he has potential to be a star and if it just doesn't work out because Auburn can bring in somebody that they think is better then I think you can see Jalen Williams leave I think Alan Flanagan had such a bad year um, such a year that is not indicative of what he can be that he may go for a fresh start somewhere else obviously his dad being on the coaching staff would make that a little bit awkward but they could decide hey do what's best for you I'm going to stay here whatever Um, I'm not sure those are the ones that really get to me you look at the transfer portal, um, there are a lot of guys in the portal. I mean, that's just how it is. I haven't looked at all of them. Auburn is going after some guys in the portal right now. Um, they're they're still going after Julian Phillips, the five-star who decommitted from LSU. Uh, and so those there is still roster movement to be had. Looking at guys that I think are pretty solid, Zepp Jasper has already said that he is coming back next year. He has said that uh, last week, I think. He plans to use his fifth year of eligibility. He will be uh, 27 uh, by the end of this career. That's a joke. He's not actually going to be 27. No one laughed. Ryan just kind of looked he'll at be like me. He'll be like 25. So, so, yeah, I, he's, so he's I mean, in, I'm 25. I'm about to be 25 in yeah, June. Fair enough. <laughs> he's, like, did he go on a Mormon mission? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. Wendell Green will be back. I think KD will be back. I think you're going to get all your guards back. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously the season literally ended last night. So by tradition, uh, John Rothstein dropped his way too early, 45. Um, and he right now has Auburn at 21. Um, and so, you know, he listed our starting five, um, which he has Zepp now moving to the bench and has Wendell as our starter, as our starting point guard, which I could definitely see happening. Um, KD Johnson as our two, Allen as our three, Jalen Williams as our four, Dylan Cardwell as our starting five. Um, I would probably imagine that Treo probably ends up being our starting five. Yeah, um, with Kessler going, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, you know, and Dylan, Dylan, and and even Jalen, I, I could see Jalen starting honestly, um, for us this year. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. You know, he started for us for what two years, right before that, um, and then, came, and then obviously Jabari comes in. You kind of have to take the role coming off the bench, but he brought such stability to our bench at times where we really needed somebody to go get a bucket. Jalen was able to do that. Um, I would I wouldn't see him leaving. I think I would from what it seems he's pretty happy with his role and what he's done. I think he's expecting to take on the starting position again at power forward. Um and then, you know, we have the switch um with Dylan and and Treo coming in and then with the guards, I think Trey Donaldson is going to bring some For major sure. yeah. impact. Yeah. Like big time impact coming off the bench. I think he's going to be very very helpful has great vision he'll be our second point guard i would i would assume and that'll be easier for zepp even to move to the two and we'll be able to you know that way he's not i i like 
you know, he's secure with the ball. Obviously, everybody knows that he's secure with the ball. I think putting him at the two, having Trey at the one in our second unit is going to do crazy wonders because that's where we struggled. We would bring out our starters and, you know, put Wendell in. Wendell was obviously the one that was supposed to be coming in and scoring like crazy to kind of speed the game up, and we would kind of sometimes have droughts here and there. Um, I think Bruce is going to, you know, I think they still want to do one more guard, but I think Bruce has has something really special with this team that's got that that we have, and I think Chance can play a two or three position. So having him being able to switch and be a combo combo forward guard type situation that's going to be extremely helpful as well. Yeah, you saw Bruce after the really directly after the season ended start talking about Jalen Williams' potential role in the offense next year, and that he would want to run a lot of offense through Jalen Williams. To me, that almost felt like that was a recruitment pitch. And we talk about guys that are surprises that are really talented that have lesser roles that that don't really stay with programs as long anymore, and uh, because they are free to transfer once and. I almost felt like that was a hey Jalen, you're. I promise you, you're going to play more next year. I promise you're going to, yeah, uh, be very important next year's team. Uh, don't don't transfer. And so, I, I still, I, I hope that comes to fruition. I hope yeah. he stays. Um, I, I don't think at this point he will transfer. But again, got to really make it through this entire month because now that the tournament is over, it's a good barrier point. All right, no more basketball is being played. Nothing you can see out on the floor will influence decisions. And, and so you're now past the point of of everyone winning their championships, making their marks, and now you'll have the whole process from NBA guys that might vacate schools uh, to other guys that are surprise transfers. And, and, you know, I just talk about it a lot because Auburn did such a good job with the portal last year, getting major conference guys. Walker Kessler came from North Carolina. Katie Johnson came from Georgia. You know, obviously they had other transfers from smaller schools like Wendell Green and Zep Jasper, but, I mean, you don't just grow people from North Carolina and Georgia all the time. Uh, I know those programs are not synonymous in the college basketball rankings, uh, but, I mean, nevertheless, you know, you you get – power five major conference guys that you needed desperately and that performed very well for you and and so i think that it's never can be overlooked what you might be able to bring in even if you don't have a mass exodus of players because something auburn would like to do assuming they keep their roster intact as is as is is they still need to add some more shooting yeah uh to the team And, and even the guys in high school that are going to be with Auburn next year that appear to be good shooters, still an unknown of transferring over from, from high school to college, will you still have that same shot that we expect? Obviously, the transfer is a little bit more robust when you go from college to pro on if that's going to carry over from the uh, the changes in the, in the length of the shot and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, that is something that Auburn did not do very well this year. After a really good non-conference of shooting the basketball, we saw Definitely pretty much off. everybody yeah. cooled off. I, I would say Jabari was about the only exception. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that will have to be better next year because, as we know, threes are something that Bruce Pearl values. Yep. He allows his guys the freedom to do that. And it's far different to have – 
38% three-point shooters with the freedom do it versus 28% or 30% three-point shooters. So uh, I respect that he instills confidence in his players and his scores to shoot whatever shot they want. But at the same time, if that's not going to change, you need to get guys that will make a higher percentage of those shots. Yeah, it's interesting to me too because you brought it up. Like Auburn was a really good three or pretty good three point shooting team yeah. in the non conference and in, even in the early conference schedule. Uh, and you look at uh, just to name a guy, KD Johnson in his one year at Georgia was a very efficient three point shooter. He had very he had limited minutes, was not a starter for the Bulldogs, but uh, he was very good at shooting a three. He came to Auburn and started hot again, but like you said, everybody was kind of tailed off towards the end but you're right Auburn does need more consistent shooting I think they can get that from some of the guys they have but I do expect them to bring a guy in who is a total shooter whether it be out of the portal or you know they may say hey Chance Westry is a good enough shooter Trey Donaldson is a good enough shooter Um, but I did see there is a there is a center I can't remember what school he's from but a, a center who played last year is in the transfer portal now wants to go to bigger college basketball Shot forty nine percent from three last season, uh, averaging th- averaging five attempts a game. Uh, so a high, a pretty good volume shooter, especially for a big. Um, I, I I think Auburn is going. Me to go likey. After. Yeah, no kidding. You you like the big guys that can shoot the three, especially shooting forty nine percent. That is an insane number uh, for any position. But yeah, you you. I think Auburn's going to go after him. There are going to be a couple of other guys that they go after. The fact is, we won't know what this roster is until probably two or three months before the season starts. So uh, we will have a lot to talk about, for sure. Absolutely. And and that brings up a good topic, Brent, that I want to hit on after this commercial break. I want to talk about the styles of big men and the styles that we usually see with Bruce Pearl, the styles that we see at other programs that are prominent. What kind of big man is best in today's college basketball. We'll talk about that and more next. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Jake Crane, host of The J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. segment of our number two of the show today we do have a full show as uh, we were supposed to have some softball in the area smith station taking on i believe auburn high today but that one is not going to take place because i don't know it only rained for like five hours this uh, this morning and into the early afternoon it's gonna rain again tomorrow it very well should so uh yeah uh, we uh trying to dodge the rain this time of year the spring and also trying to dodge the severe weather uh, as well jj jackson not with us today he is in atlanta georgia georgia tech baseball he's got a great opportunity for them and he will have the radio broadcast of that and of course auburn baseball is in birmingham where it did rain some but not enough to cancel that one so auburn and uab coming up with airtime in about an hour over on our sister station fm talk 
93.9. We were talking before the break about Auburn's structure of their roster so far. As we understand, there's still probably a handful of moves that will happen at some point with uh, exits and arrivals. But we started talking a little bit about some big men in the portal because obviously Auburn's two professionals that are about to be picked in the first round of the NBA draft in a couple months were the members of the front court. And so you've got to replace uh, two starters that uh, were quite big, literally and figuratively, for you this year. And so what kind of big man is the way to go in college basketball? Now, what is your preference? Because we've seen in the sport of basketball – the ability to switch on defense, so kind of positionalist basketball, become very important to teams. There are still teams that employ a back-to-the-basket big men. You kind of saw that in the national championship game with both teams last night. Yeah, And there are teams that really love kind of this uh, stretch, stretch five, five yeah. type that maybe isn't very good defensively, but they're going to drag that big boy on the other side yeah. out <laughs> 25 feet from the basket. So... I don't know. What do you guys look for in big men? What was your preferred style of play? I definitely prefer if I mean if we're talking about Auburn just or just in general. I prefer a stretch five. I mean, I just feel like the three the three point shot is something that has become so important, and three is more than two. I mean, obviously you want to have. Obviously, I feel like every big man is going to have that training to be able to be down low, but to at least develop a three point shot and at least make it feel like there's somewhat of a threat out there is something that can completely change the scheme of your offense and how things are run um so yeah i would i would definitely run run with a stretch five in my opinion i think when you're looking at centers and i've i've said it a million times on this show and i will say it a million more i am not a basketball expert um but i when i look at a seven footer i go okay defensively that guy has to be able to protect the paint so i want a guy that can play defensively. But like Cam said, in the age of basketball that we have today, there are a lot of centers playing on the perimeter, so you need a guy that can move as well. Uh, Walker Kessler is one of the best paint defenders in the country, probably the best paint defender in the country, and it's why he's probably going to be a first-round draft pick. But, you know, when you brought him out away from the basket, he just wasn't as good. And that's totally okay. You, you don't have yeah. to be. And his feet weren't terrible. No, he, no, he was I, not. It, Bruce said it a million his, times. His legs he's not, definitely made up for his speed. Yeah, for sure. He's not some big, slow, white guy. You know, He does not plod along the court. He gets up and down the court fast, and he is able to move laterally. He's a good athlete, and you need a good athlete at the center position. You can't just have a dude who's seven feet tall and it waves his arms around. You know. Yeah. Um, offensively, I... <laughs> It's a shame we don't have cameras. Um, (laughs) Ryan started flapping like a bird. Um, Offensively, I mean, yeah, I think in Bruce Pearl's system, you want everybody to be a threat to shoot. I think that's what Bruce wants because he's going to give the guys, hey, if you think you've got the look, take it. Um, So I think if if you're a five, then you want a five that can shoot a little bit. I think Treo is a guy that can absolutely shoot a little bit. It's re- reading about Yoan Treo is very exciting because he's not he doesn't have a Jabari Smith jump shot. He cannot block shots like Walker Kessler. But 
He can do a little bit of everything. He can play down low in the post. He has a turnaround jumper. He's got a big frame. He's he's a very he's a very big physical defender, and he can use that when he's got smaller guys guarding him. But he's also able to put the ball on the floor and drive to the basket. He is not great at any one thing. Like he's not going to shoot forty five percent from three, but he can shoot 37 percent. He's not going to drive by everybody uh, and yam at the basket. Which is, in my yeah. opinion, the most fun style of basketball to watch. <laughs> but he's going to he's going to blow by big slow centers sometimes. He can do a little bit of everything, and I feel like that's the kind of guy that I want um, from from my big. I want somebody that plays great defense down low and can score down low. You have to be able to operate down low if you're a seven footer. It's just the nature of the game. But I want a guy that can do a little bit of everything. And I think Auburn has that in Treo. And I think they're going to go and get other guys that fit that bill. Yeah, he's. I feel like he's almost going to be like a McCormick like for Kansas that can stretch the floor oh, just yeah, a yeah. little bit I, more. You said you said McCormick. I thought you were talking about Javon McCormick. I was, <laughs> look, I would I would kill to have Javon McCormick back on this team. Like a, I don't think that's his game. The center, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a, a, more, a McCormick <laughs> that would be able to just, you know, bring bring it out just a little bit more. Obviously yeah. for Kansas McCormick was operating strictly inside the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Treo can just bring that out a little bit, maybe even, you know, if he can shoot that's yeah, great. If he can shoot the three, he can shoot. Amazing. He can absolutely Love shoot. It. Develop a mid range. He yeah, he Please. has that too. As I, I'm going to reference the Auburn Observer as I do at least once a week on this show. Uh, Ferguson put out a breakdown of Treo's game, and he says, "Look, this kid can do everything. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. He's not going to kill you with his jump shot, but he can make it if you leave him open. Yeah, make you pay. Yeah, and that's all we need. Yeah, absolutely. He is a threat." regardless of where he is. He's got a very pretty turnaround jumper. Um, and it's, he's a guy that offensively is going to be a threat. He's, he's a triple threat yeah. whenever, you, whenever he puts the ball in his hands, regardless of where he is on the floor. And I, I'm really excited to see what Treo can do uh, in the SEC. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, obviously that was very important because you knew at the minimum you were losing Jabari Smith. So right. whether you wanted to play him at four or five, you knew something needed to be replaced there. But I think also we know about Bruce Pearl. He encourages guys to go pro if they have the opportunity to do that. And, and so I think he knew in the back of his mind he was probably replacing both of his starters there. I think it's a great discussion because I think you can win with any of the three. Like, I don't think this conversation yeah. is like a pure right and wrong conversation. It's just merely a preference. preference. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, the the greatest big man of all time, Shaquille O'Neal, made one three in his entire NBA career. And he's <laughs> the a, most dominant center of all time. Right. And he made that because he... It was like a buzzer ran, beater three. Yeah, he ran down yeah. a loose ball as the shot clock was running down and just kind of hucked it up. And it banked in. You know? Right. And, but also, it kind of just begs the question. It's like, do people go... Have Has offense changed so much that it truly necessitated the allure of guys that can play away from the basket this much? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, if you had Shaq right now, today, and he was just coming up at LSU and about to go to the league, would he change things to where people then all of a sudden needed to find a way to stop Shaq? Or would coaches freak out and not play Shaq enough because they felt that he was a defensive liability because people would just shoot yeah. threes and, and and do all this? Because you also, like Shaq was so big, you'd have to thump him yeah. so hard to actually Definitely. get a foul called. And it's like, 
well, he never shot foul shots that well, but our players, our, our, our referees going to allow too much contact. In other words, Shaq's getting the crap yeah, beat out of him. Right. And, and granted, it took a lot to it stop him, but they would lot. let it happen because they wouldn't call as many fouls. And it just, it just, I just wonder about it because it, he, he, as the great center of that generation, is so different from the centers we see Very now. Extremely. Because we're talking about, you know, if you were talking the NBA, you were talking about Jokic or something. Oh. Just completely different than anything back in the 80s or 90s. And uh, I just I just wonder if this is a big change in college basketball that it's going to trickle down to because we're starting to see it trickle yeah. a, yeah, little a little bit. bit. And, uh, yeah, it's just something wanted to discuss a little bit. But, uh that's the end of hour number two. In hour number three, we will talk a little bit about last night's game in particular between North Carolina and Kansas. We'll also get you set for Auburn UAB baseball as uh, Auburn victorious two out of three in Baton Rouge this past week. Uh, a big, great job done by the Tigers of Auburn. So we'll talk a little bit about that and more next. This is Sports Call. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Welcome to it. It's Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry with you here this afternoon, filling in for J.J. Jackson. Fun first two hours of the show. Good mixture of calls on our Auburn Bank phone line. And a little discussion there about the Auburn men's basketball team after Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, in previous days announced their decisions to go into the NBA draft as expected. And right now we want to give you one more opportunity to get some Auburn baseball tickets. The Friday night game against Vanderbilt, 3-3-4. 887-9999 are the numbers you want to call right now. First caller gets Auburn baseball tickets Friday night against Vanderbilt inside of Plainsman Park. Of course, that is going to be really, depending on who you look at now, a top 25 matchup as Auburn has gotten ranked in one national poll now to number 25. And so 334-887-9999, the numbers to our prize line to get two tickets for Auburn and Vanderbilt Friday night. But uh, this Auburn baseball team going to be taking on UAB tonight in Birmingham. Uh, Auburn off of a nice series victory in Baton Rouge. They are 19-9 now in the season, 5-4 in the SEC West. Is it crazy to you guys that we still do uh, the West and East in baseball and that we eliminate one from the SEC baseball tournament and only 12 it, teams go when we have all 14 go to the men's basketball, women's basketball tournament. It's crazy yeah, it makes to me. No sense. It's crazy to me that we do divisions in football still. 
mostly because geographically they don't make sense. Well, but also yeah. I just I I think there's just so many better ways to do it than separating it into east and west. And I understand you have to have your championship game, so it does make more sense in football. But I, I I'm a big fan of the pod system. I think that works a lot better, and I think it I mean it allows you to to play the teams that you want to play more rather yeah. than you know Auburn doesn't really have any history with. I don't know who's a team in the East that they play every year. I, they didn't have any history with LSU before it split into East and West, and they have very little with either of the Mississippi schools, and yet they play them every year. If, as an Auburn fan, I would much rather play Florida or Tennessee. Yeah, for sure. But, um, it, you know, I Auburn's played Florida once yeah, since like 2008. Handful, like a handful of times, yeah. like not many. Couple yeah. Times, yeah, and they, they've played Tennessee two or three times in the last five years. So, you know, it's – the the. The East and West Conference is really weird. Again, if you're going to do it, it only makes sense for Auburn to be in the East, um, especially now that Missouri is in the East. It's you know ge- again geographically does not <laughs> check so out. Sense. But yeah, in baseball it is especially weird because it's not in softball. And um, yeah, <laughs> I, I would so confused. Like it's it's really weird. And like us not playing Bama in softball this year yeah, just feels that's, wrong. That is yeah. wrong. It, it just is feels wrong to wrong. not play. Your you're in-state like, oh, rival. well, you're missing just because of how the schedule lined out, and every few years you don't play the same people, blah, 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 blah whatever. It's like it's the Iron Bowl of softball. Like, is Auburn, Auburn Alabama. plays Alabama every year, no matter what. Yeah. Every in everything. Yeah. It in should everything, be yeah. autonomous. I, I don't know. It definitely I, – I heard that this uh, this year, and I was like, what? Yeah. The, oh. For a reminder for people <laughs> – there are 13 SEC softball schools. Vanderbilt does not participate in, in softball. Okay. And, and so that's why it gets a little hard to divisions there. But nevertheless, you know, you still have, I believe, unless someone correct me if I'm wrong, I believe everyone goes to the SEC softball tournament. Yeah. And, and, and so you uh, another key difference, and once again, I'm not defending at all that they're not playing Alabama. They should. Uh, but there are 24 conference games as opposed to 30 in baseball, and right. so you got eight series. But you're playing yeah. eight out of 12 teams. You still should have the opportunity to lock up somebody yeah. as a cross or not cross vision, but as a, as a rival every year. Yeah. If you if you have an in-state rivalry, then right. you ought to be able to play that team exactly. You know? And so yeah, that is disappointing. And uh, of course, Alabama is quite good in softball this year. Auburn. Will avoid a, a top ten team, but I think uh, even still Auburn. Never would fear. Much rather, I think uh, if yeah. I think if you go hey, to those scared. girls and ask them if they want to play Alabama, oh, yeah. they'd all say they'd yes. Say yes. Oh, yeah. Every single player on every single athletic team at Auburn says they would want to play to Alabama. Oh, yeah. Now, obviously, Auburn baseball will take on Alabama. That's at the end of the year, essentially. Uh, and uh, those SEC West standings right now, I, I alluded to the fact that Auburn was second, which is great, except for the fact that if they uh, were to decline one game, they could be last because, well, everybody below them is four and five <laughs> in the SEC. Ole Miss, LSU, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Mississippi State, all four and five. And you look at the East, I alluded to this, Vanderbilt just four and five in the SEC now after getting swept by number one Tennessee, who is twenty seven and one overall. Tennessee's different. Well, that's pretty good, huh? That's Tennessee so is. hard to do with baseball. <laughs> Tennessee yeah. is yeah. good to, to have continuous, excuse me, success like that. I mean, geez, man, Tennessee. Might have to get tickets for that game, man. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, have no fear though. Uh, what? While most years Vanderbilt is the best team from the state of Tennessee. 
Uh, Auburn will get a look at them this weekend. They will get a look at number one Tennessee though a little bit later. Uh, and so Tennessee nine and zero in the conference. No one has one loss. Then Arkansas seven and two. Don't worry, Auburn plays them. And then uh, Auburn does not play Georgia. I See, believe this year. I also believe either. that is wrong. Uh, and Georgia's six and three. Yeah, they're the not too bad in, the, in just overall either. I mean, sheesh. I can I can understand not playing Georgia, but I it, mean. I, look, Georgia's I, I want to play Georgia. In my I mean, opinion. yeah, Georgia is absolutely a rival, one hundred percent. And I feel like the two you should lock up are Georgia and Bama. Yeah, if you, I, j- I just can understand. Like Ryan said, you only have twenty four games. That's yeah. eight teams. If you can't lock up two, then I would rather lock up Alabama right. than Georgia. But all things being equal, yes, I would want to play Georgia as well. It's the first ever football game Auburn played, the oldest rivalry in football, and they uh, there's a ton of history there between all the school between those two schools in all sports. So would love to see that happen as well. But yeah, it's very scheduling is weird once you get into sports where well like Ryan said, you have an odd number of teams and then you have series as well. Right. You know, you, you play twenty four games but you play three against yep. each against each school. So it's, it is weird. Yeah, and it's very weird. Hard to believe Auburn softball. There's I don't know where I was going with that. I didn't have a. I didn't. Well, I didn't I mean, have anywhere to land my plane. You know? <laughs> well, but it, but it is different in that obviously the batted ball sports, uh, you play the most games against your fellow competition. Like I know basketball, you do have a handful of teams you play twice, but uh, even still. You can have some teams with big matchups that you only play once, like Auburn, Arkansas only occurred once this year, and I think with right. the quality of those two teams, would have loved to see it a second time. Yeah, uh, Kentucky fans would have, as we know from social media, would have loved to see Auburn go to Rupp. Um, and, and so, you know, that is uh, a part of it that in baseball, yeah, you get multiple opportunities against one team, but you don't play everybody, which is obviously the case in basketball uh, with with getting around to everybody at some point, some form or fashion. Uh, but yeah, this uh, softball season is halfway through in, in conference play. They play twelve to twenty-four. Auburn being at seven and five right there. And I alluded to the fact that Auburn baseball could go from second to last in a matter of one or two games with yeah. how the standings shake out. Auburn softball had an unfortunate similar effect in that they were entering play second in the league uh, as of the game starting on Sunday. They are seventh in the SEC from that one loss and how the results panned out. So it's still uh, very very tight there's no this absolute slouch in some of these uh in, in these leagues and so baseball they're nine games out of 30 into play they play 10 of the other 13 or 10 of the 13 teams in the sec that is not themselves and as we said do not play georgia they got uab tonight uab is a team that uh, actually beat alabama a couple of weeks ago in the midweek and of course auburn lost to jacksonville state last week in the midweek before having a great series uh, in Baton Rouge, so obviously want to pay attention to this one tonight and, and get set for that Vanderbilt series this weekend. Going to go ahead and take our first break of our number three. When we come back, we've been uh, kind of alluding to it. You've been alluding. Uh, and uh, we've had other things to talk about, though, but we will talk about Carolina and Kansas from Is it putting night. it off? I was saving the best for last. <laughs> we have plenty of time to talk about Carolina and Kansas. Because we've not talked about really anything twice today. Just yeah. the Jabari and Walker. Very true. So we've tried to talk about a little bit of everything. We will talk about my sorrows, though. <laughs> there it is.
need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Tuesday afternoon. Tiger 95.9, Ryan, Cam, and Brant with you here this afternoon. We hope you are enjoying the program wherever and however you might be listening. And uh, as promised, here comes North Carolina and Kansas talking. And see, Cam, I even had the shortest break of the show thus far. So Nice. Uh, least amount of time to let it simmer. But, uh, yeah, a national championship game was played last night between two of the three or four great programs in the history of college basketball, Kansas and North Carolina. If you checked the score at half and said, eh, I'll pass on the second half, well, shame on you because yeah, a 40, shame on you. 40 to 25 Carolina lead turns into a 72 to 69 Kansas victory. And a lot to talk about this game. North Carolina had a lot of circumstances that they were pushing through. People throwing up, people tripping on loose boards, people you know trying to play the whole game on, on injuries. It's just uh, a lot Carolina tried to fight through, but a lot of credit to Kansas as they were able to come back uh, and get the W. Guys, what were your impressions of the game last night? Um, I, I was really impressed with the way Kansas overcame a very bad first half. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. A very bad Brent first. Brent is ha- still going through puberty. Yeah, Sorry, I'm 23 guys. years old. I'm about to turn 24, and I'm still working on that. Um, it's. It seems to me that. Well, I. Hold on. Let me. Let me Gather regather. I believe in you. Let me. <laughs> Kansas overcame a very bad shooting first half, which is very tough to do. And they talked they talked about it after the game. At halftime, Bill Self looked at his team and said, "Would you rather be down 15 with 20 minutes left or nine with two minutes left?" And they all said, "15 with 20." Uh, and they said, "All right, so we can come back from this. This yeah. is not." And we talked about it earlier. It is so easy to score in basketball, which is why it is so hard to blow people out in sports where it's hard to score. It is very. It is a whole lot easier to blow people out because you can keep the other team from scoring very easily. But yeah. when you're just when you're playing on a 50 foot court or however long a basketball court is, I think it's 50 feet. 94. 94 feet. Wow. Nice. Way off. Cool. <laughs> Shows how much I know. 94. <laughs> when you're playing it within a hundred feet, and the entire job is like, hey, take this ball, put it in that basket. They're gonna try to stop you. But by the way, they can't touch you at all. So <laughs> it's a whole lot easier to score. And when you do that, it's a lot easier to come back, and it's a lot harder to call to, to start a blowout. So, uh, credit to Kansas they they gathered themselves. Um, North Carolina that final minute was tough. just really really bad luck. Very tough. Yeah, for North I mean, Carolina. Uh, Brady Manick uh, was it Manick who twisted his ankle on that that divot in Baycott, the floor. Baycott. 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 Excuse me. But then Manick way, tripped. From, yeah. So was the play for him. After the, play the timeout, when Kansas inexplicably just stepped right out of bounds. Yeah, that was wild. Man, it was the play was a backdoor three yep. in, the corner, in the corner because Manic's great from the corner. Hit a couple rainbows on that Duke like yeah. from that spot. spot. You want to talk about and shooting? He big tripped men. in the same spot, and the play was ruined. So Caleb had to jack up a three. Yeah. yeah. So it's 
uh, Armando Baycott, man, what a what a run he had, man. Yeah, first first player ever to get uh, double double in all six tournament games. Um, so just a an absolute freak. And when he turned his ankle in that final minute, it it, it felt like someone let the air out of a balloon. You know, there yeah. was there was just a, a a real problem for North Carolina, and I feel like their depth has been an issue. They they very rarely substitute in the second half. Yeah, I mean they um, were literally running like a five and a half man rotation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, a a brutal injury for North Carolina, and you know people are going to look back at that. They're going to look at that that squishy floor. I guess is a good way to put it. As this, this is the most wild thing I've ever seen. Yeah. You you look at a hardwood floor, you don't expect it to to bend like that. But uh, yeah, Ryan, again, Ryan's got all, a theory. All credit to Kansas <laughs> for. Um, Oh, sorry, for, for making it work, what you just gave me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, also for Carolina, they had somebody. People forget this, which is fine because I actually think, uh, no discrediting crediting this this young guy, but Dawson Garcia was another major minute guy for Carolina, transfer out of Marquette, uh, that really actually started the season as the starting four. Uh, Brady Manick was not the starter at four for most of the year. He was a very productive bench player right. all season long. But Dawson Garcia had a family issue at the start of conference play and left to go be with his family and never came back. So Carolina got a shorter rotation starting by about the, late yeah, January the because they lost Garcia. Yeah. Now, in some ways, it unlocked them because – Manic and Garcia were different players. Garcia kind of liked to drive and score down low, whereas Manic was a great three-point yep. shooter. Um, and in a way, it, it helped develop the offense. But nevertheless, that depth was a factor in that particular game. Obviously, they got through it for that point. But uh, it was interesting to see that because really for teams, really most of these teams, Kansas played seven but most of these teams that made these deep runs only played about six. Duke only played really six, six and a half, because Theo John uh, was somebody that they were starting to give less minutes to and then had to play him yeah. a lot in the Carolina Final Four game. Um, you know, when you looked at Villanova, they had injury, so they really were trying to had only to play six or seven yeah. uh, and had to play extra guys. And, and that was something that was interesting because really those teams, none of them – had very good benches. However, in that game last night, the one guy that played for Carolina primarily yep. off the bench Puff. and the most important Kansas bench player, Remy Martin, Remy. Yep. both played uh, very pivotal roles, or especially Remy Martin, but both did their role very well. Yeah, I mean, Remy down the stretch, I actually watched him a little bit when he was at Arizona State, and I was like, this guy's pretty raw. And then him transferring to Kansas – um, I read like the history that ESPN posted how he was like Kansas killer like 2018 he upset number two 2019 upset number one Kansas and so he's already had a reputation so Bill Self was like well I'm just gonna add him to my team um, I mean closed out uh, the second half I think he was perfect from the floor um, if I recall correctly uh, scored like 11 points I think three for three from three um, and then I think another like floater, but I, yeah. I mean, just went absolutely locked in. And I feel like that's kind of what Kansas did when they came out in the second half. They just kind of asserted themselves. You know, I, I wouldn't say it was more Carolina collapsing. I would say it was it would be more Kansas flexing their muscles and really like, all right, we got to come in. This is this is it. I mean, you know, they're a one seed for a reason. North Carolina was a team that was initially 
wasn't even, you know, we were talking about this earlier, Ryan, like they weren't even, you know, going to be in the tournament at one point. They they weren't going to be a hundred, you know, they, they just had no guarantee that they were going to make it. Yeah. If they don't beat Duke, you know, if they don't beat Duke and Cameron, I don't think they make the tournament. I'm not I sure. They were, they that's were an a eight sig- seed, that so was a signature win. That was abs- that absolutely boosted their seeding a little bit. I think because they didn't but. win the ACC tournament. They I don't even how I don't how deep did they go in the ACC tournament? They won their quarterfinal game and they lost in the semis to Virginia Tech. Yeah, so so they did. You know they didn't go crazy far in the ACC tournament. They got an eight seed. They got the signature win, but they're still North Carolina. So I think that's why I think they kind of got that that eight seed almost like based well, off name. I will say this: um, the ACC obviously had a very down regular season this year, quote unquote. Um, but you know, for North Carolina team because that was their tenth loss last night. Yeah, I was telling friends this: the North Carolina team that most recently won the national championship, uh, beating Gonzaga in twenty seventeen, right, had seven losses. And they were a one seed. And this team had nine losses and was an eight yeah. seed. And obviously, like I said, I'm not trying to no, argue no, one no. way or another, but I do think that Carolina would have still made the tournament. Yes, you can say because of who they are, but also because at the end of the day, you would still have been talking about like a 22-10 and 10 yeah. power conference right, team right. with a lack of great wins because under this assumption they would have lost to Duke. And never gotten that, so that's why they were on the bubble. And yeah, but and, and see, I think they were more on just because of the ugly losses. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of. But but that Duke win obviously sealed it for him. But to also say that that moved him up three whole seed lines. Yeah, with how the committee acts late in season, sometimes it would have been pretty difficult to say that Carolina. That was the only reason they would have made the tournament. So it was interesting. It was close. But nevertheless, not a team that you expected to see make on no. any kind of run no. in the NCAA tournament. And then there they went to the whole big thing. So let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line. Got a couple calls now on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401 locally. Toll free, one tiger 9 First up, Keith from Auburn. Keith joins us. Keith, how are you doing? Hey, guys. I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? Doing well. Yeah, you got to talking about that uh, national championship game last night and they Two storylines, in my opinion, that that uh, that I, I, I saw, and then there's actually three. I'll start with the the lesser of the three. Uh, Hubert Davis, head coach in North Carolina, he was the bench coach of Roy Williams, correct? Yes, he'd been several years, and I know he played at North Carolina. Well, I don't know who uh, Hubert's top assistant is. But I, I got to give Hubert credit. In those crucial times, his top assistant was the one that was setting up the plays and 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 telling him what to do. Did y'all notice that? I didn't. I, I saw Hubert drawing on a clipboard during uh, that last timeout, actually. Well, but maybe maybe I didn't. I know uh, a couple of the top I, assistants. I assume it's not. His two top assistants, I believe, are Jeff Lebo, the former Auburn coach who also went to North Carolina, and then Sean May uh, is one of his assistants. This and they, guy was kind of a tall, lanky guy with real, 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 real short, short hair. Uh, I might have been almost receding bald. Um, but in that last timeout, he was – or the timeout before that, maybe he, he was drawing up the, the play. But he had the clipboard, 
and they were all gathered around him and Hubert standing right beside him, uh, which, you know, it don't matter. You've probably got some coaches that are designated to do this and some coaches designated to do other things. Um, but, you know, obviously Hubert's a, a very smart coach uh, and was very successful in his first season. Uh, a, a couple of storylines. You know, that Manning, uh, I kept watching him play, and I like this guy. You know, he's like a transfer in from Oklahoma, right? He's on yes. this like bad uh, tour or whatever you want to call that. Yeah, um, transfer portal. I kept thinking I'd seen that guy somewhere, and then it dawned on me where I'd seen him at. I saw him on TV up there in the North Carolina mountains with old Eustace on the Mountain Men. That's where I saw him at. <laughs> Y'all watch that show? Uh, we have not, I don't believe. You need to check out old Eustace on the Mountain Men. Uh, I think his uh, <laughs> calling's up there in the North Carolina mountains. But anyway, all joking aside, uh, he's a fun guy to watch play. Uh, and man, he took a beating last night. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he'd come right back and keep on keep on ticking. And then the, I thought the little lefty, I say little, he's probably 6'8 or 6'9, the left-handed kid come off the bench. Yeah, Puff Johnson. Yeah. yeah shot the ball really well and, and really was a factor in the game. He was, uh, yep. Down the stretch there. Um, but then, uh, the, the, you know, that one team came slap out of nowhere to win this national championship. I'm talking about slap out of nowhere. I'd never even heard of them before. Did y'all catch that? I mean, it was the uh, Kansas City Jayhawks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Mark. Mark Emmerich is just unbelievable. Sometimes that 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 was we were, uh, yeah, that was something. He got some booze for that. Yeah, I bet. I imagine. But one last thing, I want to jump to the women's championship game the night before. I'm going to tell you who I was really disappointed in is uh, Coach Gino over there for UConn. That guy looked like to me hardly ever coached those those girls in that championship game. He just stood there <laughs> and just watched the game like it, they were helpless, you know. Uh, I mean, I mean they essentially were. <laughs> yeah, I know. He didn't question any calls. You know, he'd just shake his head and turn around, walk to the end of the bench, and then walk back over and stand. Um, and it was obvious the better team was, was South Carolina. So, uh, But, yeah, I've never seen him on the sideline have the demeanor that he had in that championship game. It's like he really wasn't into the game. Uh, maybe he was hoping to get it over with, uh, I guess. But um, but anyway, you know, I just thought that was kind of ironic. Many national championships he's won. Um, and, you know, I felt like um, UConn would come out in the second half and at least make a little run. But, you know, they never really, never really did a whole lot. But um, you know, that was a good ball game last night. It was it was a tale of two halves, obviously. Um, and then it came right down to the wire, like most national championship games do. You know, a three point win for Kansas. Um, and you know what they did to overcome that. And so, like I think one of you guys said earlier, you know, basketball is a game of run. And uh, you know, if, if you get hot at the right time. Uh, in a game, you can you can you know you can drop ten, eleven, twelve points on somebody before they 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 blink. But uh, I thought it was a 
a good ball game. I, I really did. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was two good basketball teams playing that ball game last night, and two well-coached teams. Uh, I hated it for the big guys that turned his ankle. And, you know, when, probably with about what five or six minutes to go in that game, Love turned his ankle. Yeah, he did. Uh, and I don't know what it is about that floor. I, it, it may be, you know, they got some of that Bourbon Street juice mixed in there <laughs> with the hardwood. <laughs> Well, they did obviously have to manufacture the court there. That's uh, that's not usually how the Superdome looks. <laughs> right. I know it. But anyway, guys, I just wanted to uh, call in and, 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 you know, give my two cents on the championship game. I thought it was a, a pretty well-played game on, on both ends. It was just a tale of two halves and, um, you know, and probably uh, the better team won, um, I guess, on that given night anyway. Sure. So, but anyway, guys, um, I appreciate you taking the phone call. And uh, good Lord willing, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. We appreciate that phone call, Keith. That is Keith from Auburn joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go ahead. Let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. Got another call from Michael from Auburn. Michael joins us. Michael, how are you doing? Doing good, guys. Uh, About the floor situation, I've I've listened to a couple of reporters and I've listened to a couple of coaches kind of give their take on it, and it seems that the coaches seem to – um, at least some of the local radio guys that, that I've, I've heard on there that that they're making a big deal out of nothing that the floor is supposed to have some give to it and it's just an unfortunate situation but it wasn't like him rolling his ankle had nothing to do with like the bounce in the floor I've, I've heard you know I've heard it go both ways but the coaches and the ones that 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 I seem to to, to know a little bit more about basketball uh, they seem to, to lean more that way I got you. Yeah, no, it was at the minimum just very unfortunate that that it appeared that way. Um, you know, like I said, I, I know that there is. You know, I, I understand that it's a manufactured floor. Obviously, it's it's a little different than just a permanent uh, court there. But um, you know, it. I put it this way: I have not really seen that uh, at, at the minimum. I'm trying to rack the brain for for instances where that would have occurred and so it just is at the very minimum is just a little eyebrow raising that it it, it happened oh, yeah. at that exact moment well i mean i remember just on our in our local area i mean pearl was very adamant you know with uh the half court you know and being put together and the floor being put together for the tumor's corner situation mm-hmm. um and just any kind of condensation or anything worried about the floor but uh, and that's what came to mind for me. But I mean, I, I like I said, I was listening to a couple of the uh, the shows earlier, uh, you know, this morning, and they were, you know, some people, the reporters were making, how could this? And they were like, look, you're making something out of nothing. Like, didn't and it's an unfortunate situation, but it didn't have anything to do, you know, with the uh, the way the floor was put together or constructed or anything like that. But interested to see, uh, are, are we? Do you think the weather will hold up for a day, or should it all be out of here by then? Or uh, with the Vanderbilt series, do you think anything will be moved for for uh, any of the weekend uh, scheduling? Yeah, no, I, I think Auburn should be good to go all weekend long. There's really no threat of rain uh, beyond tomorrow. There, It's going to rain again tomorrow and be pretty significant. But uh, after that, it's just a cold front, and it will be a little cooler this weekend. I think A-Day will only be around 60, 62 degrees, something in there. Uh, but uh, there there should not be any heavy chance of rain Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Anybody, uh, any big injuries or anything is just precautionary that you that may not be playing in A-Day that we were expecting to maybe see some things out of? 
Yeah, I, I, obviously we know about Jarquez, who's who's going to be out for a month or two uh, with his cleanup procedure on his knee. Uh, I don't know the official word on Calzada. He's not been contact, which obviously most eight-day scrimmages, you don't make your quarterback live in that regard anyway. Uh, so I don't know if we would see Calzada or not. Uh, but uh, nothing nothing late-breaking so far this week. Is the I know that uh, Carlson is back with us, but we did sign a uh, a pretty standout kicker. Is he yes. on campus? Would it, would Alex we McPherson. see any of him? You think? McPherson, I don't know if he's on campus I, or not. I think he is. Let me Google that. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll look that up for you. But yeah, I'm Al- interested to see because he he was a kind of a standout. Uh, from he's my no, number one I mean, high school kicker in the country. Yeah, yeah, and Evan uh, Evan McPherson's younger brother, who of course is a rookie kicker for the Bengals this past year. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, guys, I appreciate the time. Absolutely, we appreciate that call. That is Michael from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, trying to research Alex McPherson real quick. Before it we appears go to break. he is not yet on campus. Okay. Alex McPherson is not on campus, so uh, you will not be seeing him in A-Day but this weekend. Obviously, we will be talking a lot more about A-Day uh, as we advance through the week, get closer to it uh, this weekend, but just wanted to make sure we hit on everything else going on around Auburn basketball, NCAA basketball as well. We're going to go ahead and take another break of the show. More Sports Call after this. and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call here on this Tuesday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Brant Daughtry. And, uh, I'm amazing. That was you really got it just cool. off a look? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I can't I can't look at the image, but I'll definitely reason let's, you down. You, let's, give, let's give some background here. So everyone knows Wordle. We've talked about it, Wordle on the show before. There is a version of the game called Purtle. If you don't know who that is, Jakob Purtle is an where is an oh. average NBA player? Yeah, very yes. average, very. sixth or seventh man uh, basketball player. And Pirtle is, you guess, the NBA player. And it shows you the silhouette and it gives you stuff like what team does he play for? What position does he play? What division? What conference? Uh, height, age, and uh, the number they wear. And you have to guess based on 
whether those are higher or lower, if he plays in that conference or division or whatever. And today's was Goran Dragic, and uh, Cam got that on the second try. Boom. Was it looking at the picture? Yep. You just, yeah. 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 Looked at the picture. He Solid. said guard under 6'2 after the first guess, and then I was like, Goran. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> he's nice. Australian, right? Uh, Goran, no. no, he's German. I don't know. I think he's... Drawn? I don't know. Serbia. Let me, I'll, I'll Google it. I'm thinking of Ben Simmons because I remember there was... Goran and Simmons Goran. Yeah, there was, a, there was a big deal in Australia when Goran Dragic got Ben Simmons' all-star spot, or they, uh-huh. they were fighting for an all-star spot, and Dragic Croatia? got it. I don't know. I don't it's, know it's over there. In the, I don't know. Um, Slovenia. Slovenia. Ah, right. I was going to say Serbian, but I was like, yeah. Eastern Europe. There you go. Yeah. So uh, we are talking about uh, NBA guys right now because the between breaks we were talking about what to uh finish off the show with today and uh, a reminder we uh have opening day on thursday night for the atlanta braves so wednesday and thursday we're going to talk some braves of course uh a day coming up michael from auburn had a couple questions about a day um and a day coming up on saturday so we'll be talking about that throughout the rest of the week uh just trying to compartmentalize everything is obviously basketball news was a little yeah. bit more uh, on the brain today but uh, with the news in mind that Jabari Smith is turning pro he is slated to go one two or three I would be shocked if he fell below three um, with the knowledge you'll be a top three pick want to ask the question right now what would be the best fit for Jabari Smith and uh, I'll go ahead and name you the four or five worst teams remember it's a lottery so in essence I could name you these four or five teams and someone weird like the Kings or the Wizards or the Lakers could end up having a top three pick goodness please not the Kings (laughs) but uh, but nevertheless here's about the five worst teams in the league so the best lotto odds are going to go to either the Houston Rockets or the Orlando Magic both teams are 20 and 59 both Ooh. teams have at least roundabout ties to another Auburn player. Of course, Houston's is that Jalen Green very nearly went to Auburn, uh, but of course went G League in night instead, and now is a Rocket. The 20 and 59 Orlando Magic have Chuma Okiki, who kind of flirts between starting and six man role. It kind of depends on what they do with their lineup with Franz Wagner, and I can give you way too much details about that but chumo kiki plays pretty good minutes for the orlando magic you then have two 23 and 55 teams you have the okc thunder and you have the detroit pistons and then we'll throw in one more team the indiana pacers will probably have the fifth best odds when the season ends they're 25 and 54 so we'll kind of keep it to those five teams those five organizations what would be the best fit? And also, answer this, what would be the best fit? However, would you be willing to have Jabari and say your least favorite fit if he were the number one pick? If that was the only way he was the number I, one pick, oh, would you be okay with it being the worst fit? Well, it's, all I know is whenever I'm Goodness. on Twitter and my friends and the, the influencers I follow that uh, cover the NBA, talk about the NBA a lot, the two teams to get made fun of the most are the Detroit Pistons and the Sacramento Kings. Yes. So hopefully, hopefully neither <laughs> of those two. Um, I do know uh, we were talking about it at break, and Ryan, you filled me in on a little bit, and I have seen this elsewhere before too. The Orlando Magic are talented; they're just very young. Yeah. Um, so I, I I have seen a lot of people say the Magic would probably be the best fit for him. Obviously, I want him to go to Atlanta because I'm a Falcons fan, but the Falcons <laughs> are probably making the play-in game, so I don't expect them to have a lottery pick. Um, yeah, Hawks. <laughs> did I say Falcons? Yeah. Whoops. That boy got football on the Whoops. mind, though. Hey, man, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a football guy. 
football at is heart best. at the core. Um, I yeah. feel it. Um, so I, I, I really would. I want to go. I want Jabari to go somewhere where he can have success early. Uh, yeah. where he can get used to playing in the NBA. I think he's going to have to bulk up a little bit more, not as much as Chet Holmgren is. Jabari is a a very solid build, but I think he's still got room to put more weight on his frame and yeah. be able to keep the fluidity, I guess. Um, so I, I want him to go somewhere that, I guess, has a decent big man um, that can control the boards and stuff like that and let him be a part of Shifts that. the floor out but, a little bit. Yeah, let, yeah. Him, let him be more of an offensive threat, at least early in his career. I love the Thunder and Jabari together. I just think that will be a match made in heaven. Um, right now they have Darius Baisley as their starting power forward, and not to say that he's bad, but you could really probably slide him down to their small forward spot and have Jabari as your power forward as a starter and really like go to work and that would be a very good young core that you could have and put together um i i could understand the magic it's just they have they already have like four or five tall lanky yeah. dudes yeah they already have like they have, you know they have what like mo bamba i mean chuma's not exactly like a tall lengthy dude but no, I, I would say he yeah, is. he's well, six eight six yeah, nine i'm about yeah, to say he's yeah. he's he's pretty not big, a so big but he is a jonathan isaac jonathan isaac see they like they already have guys like that for for them and then franz, franz Wagner, right yep. so so you already you know i feel like that position wouldn't feel like a need for them yeah though. not at all um the rockets could could really use him definitely yeah um just i think just to take some pressure off Jalen, um and i think josh christopher he's good he's a good guard i actually like josh uh josh christopher i think um he and he and Jalen together have some really good chemistry already just because they've been friends since high school um adding jabari into the fold i think would you know stretch out the floor a little bit um so th- that's probably my best two. I I really oh man, if the Kings were to get the number one pick, I mean they have Sabonis, so right. you know I I don't think they would need him, but I would not want him there just because I think they haven't been in the playoffs in a million years. They I think I, that's where careers don't even get started. I'm there. pretty sure I saw on a national broadcast that a that the Kings have never finished over 500 if Rick Adelman's not been the coach. Yeah. So, Which is unbelievable. One unbelievable. coach is responsible for all, all their 500s him. are better. Yeah. And they fired him. <laughs> so that's nice. Um, I agree with some of the same things. I think the sentimentality would be really cool if he was in Orlando. Yeah, for sure. To play with Chuma. To play with Chuma. Yeah, that'd be sick. Uh, I don't think it's, as you said, they're going to probably want him from that standpoint because he probably won't fit. They probably need another guard because Cole yeah. Anthony's inefficient and right. Suggs was okay, but off to kind of a, yeah, you know, a rocky start. start. Yeah. So, um, you know, Houston's interesting to me because I like Jalen Green. I'm not sure about what they want to do long term with Christian Wood. Yeah. That would be the only oh, hold yeah, up there. Yeah, I didn't even think about Christian Wood, um, but you can move him to the five. You probably could. Um, I like the OKC fit because I really like a Shea Gilgis Alexander pairing with him. I'm telling you, um, you know, I think with Jabari when you're looking at the NBA, and I know we got to go to a break here in just a second, but with Jabari, something he didn't do a lot at Auburn that will be interesting to see what it turns into in the NBA is driving. Drive. Yep, yep. He's a great yeah. shooter. Yeah, absolutely. And 
he loves the 15, 16 footer, and he's going to probably hit the three ball at a good level in the NBA. But I want to see what his off the bounce moves become because that will probably dictate how comfortable they are with yeah. him. Because because you got to consider this: if they want him to, if whatever team drafts him wants him to play some more in the post and, and really be a four then he will have to get better inside Develop of there because sure. any bigger player he would have trouble yeah, with. They're going to body him. Now, if a player if they want him to be more outside, then you would you would love the big man matchup because then all of a sudden yeah, that guy's just going to be too slow to guard him or or get a good hand up. So, uh, it is going to be interesting to see what team is wanting what out of him if they value him as a four or like Kevin Durant was yeah. at the beginning of his career. He was a three right. for a lot of years. Um, so I love that we get to talk about this because it's yes. a little different than Okoro. Because so di- oh. Okoro was going to go up around yeah. this high, but we always knew the offense was going to have to was going to drag. The for offense a while. is secondary. Right. He's up there because he's he can guard one right. through four. And so, but with Jabari's like, this is the first guy that Auburn's really had. That's like, well, you know what? This guy has that all-star offensive potential. Yeah. Very much. And that makes so. it very exciting. Very much so. Last break of the show today. When we come back, nightly TV guide brought to you by Coca-Cola. This is Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. segment of the show today sports call tiger 95.9 ryan lavoy camberry brant daughtry we've had a lot of fun today we've talked a yes, lot of sir. a lot of basketball I had a lot of great callers today as well uh, again throughout the week we will be talking more in the atlanta braves opening day thursday night a day on saturday for the Auburn tigers also a little masters throughout this week as well eldrick tiger woods looks like he will play on thursday me likey that and uh, and so uh, we will be talking a whole lot more in the sports world throughout the week. But just, I cannot wait later in in shows this week to give my opinion on the Masters, like live on air. Yeah, the Masters. It's different from from my from ours. <laughs> yeah, it we'll is. put it that way. It so uh, have that to look forward to in a little bit. But Brand uh, and I are probably the same with the Masters. Oh, no. we'll talk about it later. We'll th- we have shows. Just a minute left in this show, though, so we got to get to this. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Just about one minute left. Brant, what we got on the TV guide tonight? We have two movie picks. We'll start out with 51st Date starring Adam Sandler, probably my favorite rom-com. I'm not a big rom-com guy, but I do enjoy good ones. I enjoy it, yeah. 
another movie pick tonight, or excuse me, that 51st Dates airing 8.30 p.m. Central Time on Paramount. Your other movie pick for the evening is Twister at 7 p.m. Central Time on AMC. That's a fun little action adventure. Who's in that? I know Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that. Who else yep, is it? Yep, uh, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Uh, Helen Hunt. Oh. I did enjoy that movie. Just don't want to become real life here in the area again today. <laughs> so we were tomorrow. dangerously yeah. close. Yeah. Uh, your college baseball. Yeah, college baseball. It, that was a weird abbreviation. Um, Auburn playing the University of Alabama at Birmingham in Birmingham. That'll be at 6 p.m. Central Time, Conference USA TV, if you get it. A little bit of G League action tonight, Long Island at Delaware. That's at 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. I believe uh, the no, excuse, the Long Island Nets are where Bryce, Bryce Brown, Brown plays. Is. Yeah. Yes. So if, you, if you're looking for that armor connection and your NBA pick for tonight, Milwaukee travels to Chicago as the Bucks take on the Bulls. Tip off at 715 on ESPN. Appreciate it, Brant. That is the nightly TV guide brought to you by Coca-Cola. Cam, appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. Brant, appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. And, of course, we appreciate all those who tuned in and called in as well. For Cam Berry and Brant Daughtry, I'm Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Tuesday evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.